0: Things hooked
1: through
0: there and then the camera on top.
2: Boom. Okay. So, so. All right. Get this party started. Yep, enough audio engineering bullshit. <laughs> uh, hello, hello, hello. It is uh, it's us. It's Pot of the Dead. Hi, guys. Uh, on today's episode, we will be covering the menu from 2022. I am Nicholas, your host, and with me, as always, are the two beautiful ladies, Natasha and Stephanie.
0: Hello, hello. Hello.
2: So, um, on today's episode, as I said, we're covering the menu which came out uh, last year. We watched it. Uh, I've I've seen this. Steph has seen this. Tasha has seen this. So, yep. this is one of those movies that uh, we all have a little bit of a history on. So that'll be a little different. Like, there's been very few. It's Scream is maybe the only other one that comes to mind uh with that but uh w- tasha what is what is your history with this movie
0: so i'm a self-proclaimed foodie so that's what really interested me from this uh like from the get-go of this i saw that it like was set in like a fancy restaurant um so i watched it pretty soon after it came out i had been following waiting for it to release because the concept sounded really cool This is my second time watching it, and um, it holds
3: up. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: How about you, Steph?
3: Um, Well, we learned about this from Tasha. So she was like, well, we had seen it, and we were like, well, maybe we want to watch this at some point. I remember us discussing it, and then uh, we just never got around to it, and Tasha was like, this movie's really good. You should watch it, and we did, and it was way different than I thought it was going to be and um so we saw it that one night and then we saw it last night again and then today uh our daughter Maya uh she watched it with us last night and she decided that she was going to show everybody in the house that today because she needed everybody else to see this movie so I was like kind of going in and out of the room today watching it kind of again but not fully so I definitely saw like the middle uh and then again the end again so um and it's like 2.35 times or whatever. <laughs> so that's my history with this movie.
2: Yeah, mine's mine's basically the same thing. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I don't think it was only Tasha that uh, suggested it. I think Kylie, our daughter Kylie, I think mentioned it before we watched mm-hmm. it. Or did we turn her? I thought she did. I could be wrong. But I well, she she, was...
3: she likes the girl that's in it because she's from The Witch. I think she mentioned oh, yeah. it, but I don't know if she watched it before or after us. And I, I can't remember if she's even... No. I don't know. I'm going to have to talk to her about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's the only one I, I haven't talked... She's the only one I haven't discussed this with, so I don't know. <laughs>
2: okay. Okay. But uh, so uh, let's see here. Before we get into all the, all the nitty gritty stuff... Uh, Tasha, do you want to give us a little overview of what this movie is about?
0: Yeah. The Menu is a 2022 American comedy horror film directed by Mark Mylod, written by Seth Reese and Will Tracy, based on an original story created by Tracy, produced by Adam McKay, Betsy Kosh, and Will Farrell. The f- film stars Ralph Fiennes, a celebrity chef with Hong Chow playing his assistant and anya taylor joy nicholas holt janet McTeer, reed bernie judith light amy carrero and john leguizamo playing diners who attend his exclusive restaurant
2: yeah so i was actually pretty surprised when i saw uh who was in like the production of this film and stuff like that um like adam mckay and all that stuff like will ferrell is a producer on this movie and stuff like okay
0: (laughs) so i watched this originally blind thinking it was going to go one way and then i had to do some research after the fact to figure out if i feel like i'm going to give away spoilers if i say too much but i had to go back through and double check like, who wrote it to see if it was either a really good movie done well or it completely hit the mark or missed the mark.
2: Yeah, because it's like, I don't look at this movie like they say it is. Uh, I guess I can see, because they say it's a, a comedy horror satire kind of thing and it doesn't... No, no, it's not funny. Well, I mean, it it, it it is in the sense...
0: I think it has its
2: moments. In the, in the yeah. satire thing of like, what uh ralph fine is that right ralph fines i always want to say ray it's ralph fines uh
3: the guy who yeah, plays yeah. tyler i guess yeah he has well, he has well, this- no
2: not tyler oh. voldemort
3: oh that yeah. right oh yeah i guess okay wrong guy I, yeah, yeah. He, okay. he
2: like him just like uh how he's just putting everybody on blast and like the whole thing is just uh just rubbing their noses and a lot of stuff basically throughout the film if you're siding with him through the film it is a comedy like in a way yes it's dark and it's
3: okay i guess i can see that there's there's a couple parts of it that i laughed at just because of like how insane like insane it is uh because of his character but i guess i never looked at this movie and been like this is a comedy <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> ever well it's it's not it's
0: I, I definitely think it's more of a satire okay. than a comedy like it's it's sarcastic okay. in a lot of ways and it pokes a lot of fun at like the molecular gastronomy high-end um like like highfalutin um it definitely like, does that scene. yes that's true so that's that's what I got okay. a lot of enjoyment okay. out of. I guess yeah, I just it, never it, look at it that way, so.
2: Yeah, it definitely, like, uh, pokes a lot of holes in their balloons, as it were, like, like they, they think that they're so cool and all this stuff, and this movie definitely, like, Definitely pisses all over that.
3: It kind of brings them down a peg or two or ten. I mean, ten. That's kind of the yeah the <laughs> the entire point of this. That's what I liked about it. It's like it shits on the elite essentially um, and makes them not as important as they think they are. And like I really liked that right. um, that aspect of it. I guess.
0: And I also read a review about this movie and the parallels between the food scene and the elitist um, film culture. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. Okay. Elitist film
2: culture. I don't know who they're talking about in that.
0: (laughs) Exactly. I was wondering if you were going to pick up on that. (laughs) Music too, maybe, Nick?
2: (laughs) Are we just popping? Got anything else you want to say, guys? Uh, (laughs) Jesus fucking Christ. No, I think I'm good.
3: (laughs) You <laughs> asked for did you it. Say, Thank I, you. Thank <laughs> you.
2: what? I said once. I said one word. I was just like, I, I don't know who they're talking what, about, and it's just like, what is, what is your yourself. name?
3: What? What's your name on here? What's your name? Exactly. Your name? Scum.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Oh, oh. hello.
2: Oh, and I thought we were talking about.
3: What do you? Well, expect? I thought we
2: were talking about movies. Now we're just taking elitist pop shots at me and everything that I like. <laughs>
0: in every, every
3: category <laughs> yes but he but it's true
2: <laughs> oh you like you like uh cats over dogs scum <laughs> that's fine it's fine oh man i i know i'm better than everybody it's okay
0: that's not funny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there it is. is there it is just,
2: uh, we'll just after, i'll just cut that
3: <laughs> yeah no. No. no
2: but uh before we go really deep into uh into this, the menu, uh, I'm gonna throw up a spoiler warning. After the spoiler warning, we will uh, be going into the film but stick around for just a second, don't run away yet. Uh, this is a movie club. So uh, at the end of this episode, usually like the last five minutes or so, you, if you've not seen the menu, I suggest, I believe we all suggest that you go watch it. It's an hour and 40 some minutes uh, it's actually a, a quick 143, and uh, come back and listen to us. If you don't give a shit about spoilers or you've already seen the film, uh, just stick through. But like I said, last five minutes, we'll tell you what movie we will be watching in the coming week to go over for next week's episode. So you can be up, up to, up to speed with us.
3: I think that this movie kind of falls, not necessarily as uh, important as like the barbarian movie is in terms of like not knowing anything about it going in but i do think that this is one of those movies that you should probably go in a little more blind um, because you're going to get a lot more appreciation and understanding i think in the film um because of how it's played out instead of knowing what's going to happen so while listening to other people or reading reviews or having conversations about it prior i would suggest not doing that the movie barbarian we we've already covered before that movie was very much like that too um, cause you just don't want to ruin stuff for yourself. There are certain movies that it doesn't really matter on. And I think this movie, it does matter on because of the way that it builds.
2: Yeah. I think it's one of those things like going in to any movie, like you are saying it blind is better, but this one, I I'm not familiar with the trailers or anything. I could really see, uh, the suspense being kind of snuffed a bit if you know anything about it like all i knew about it going in was tasha and i believe kylie i don't know uh suggested (laughs) that we watch it and then i saw anya taylor joy was in it ralph fines was in it john leguizamo was in it the dude that played beast in like the newer uh x-men movies i know he's played other stuff too
3: Okay. Nicholas he's the warm bodies guy to me like the he played a zombie yep. so he
2: was also in renfield
3: oh yeah duh oh mm-hmm. he is yeah. renfield so okay yeah yeah yep. he's a really good actor he did great in this movie so he he plays
2: he plays the style of characters that he does well i just hate those style of characters <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah he, kind of like he's not he's not really i guess super likable in most of his roles i guess he's he isn't he likable in Be- as I, I Beast? I haven't re- I haven't seen him as Beast, so I don't know.
2: He's he's whatever.
3: He... I remember him being
0: like caring and yeah, kind, I, kind of a complete one eighty from his role. I just here. always
2: think of him in most movies as kind of spineless.
3: Yeah, like, okay. that's just kind
2: of how I always yeah, read that's, his. That's characters. true. Yeah. Like, and I don't yeah. care for spineless characters. Yes, they have their purpose and stuff like that, but that's not somebody I'm going to root for.
3: Yeah, I don't well I think a little bit it changes a little bit in Renfield, I think, because like I, I think that was a very good movie, but um it's that was just different in general.
2: Yeah, that's a completely different thing, but anyway, so before uh before we really go into it, spoiler warning has been up. If you're still around here, it's your own fucking problem. We've got a couple uh got a couple <laughs> spicy reviews coming right at you but
3: what's what's the the budget of this movie because i always want to know that yeah
2: you want to know that first oh
3: yeah i always want to know that first because that's that that gives me an idea what Mm -hmm. we're going to be uh talking about a little bit more
2: all right so let's see here i believe i've got it if i don't i'm failing everybody so yeah uh let's see here i somehow
3: tasha didn't he just go into this saying that he did all of his homework and he did so good and he's got all this information to 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 give us before
2: tasha was on here
0: Oh, oh but no, okay, I do. Sorry. I do have it. But you would think of I all know. things. I
2: had it brought up. I just forgot to uh, copy paste it. So give me one second.
0: Okay. I got it.
2: Oh, you're gonna you're gonna do it to us. All right. So the
3: the budget it was.
2: Yeah, don't tell us. What do you think the budget was, Steph?
3: Okay, so this movie's got some heavy hitters and it's beautiful. Like this movie's very pretty. Um I'm going to go with I'm gonna 9 guess million. like
2: 20 million.
0: The answer is 30 million. Yeah. Holy that makes, shit. That makes yeah. sense. Oh my god, that's a lot. Considering who
2: all yeah. is in the movie and then what I like who's yeah. who wrote produced all that stuff. It makes sense. Like it came out from a per-
3: It's it's a yeah. it's a heavy hitter okay so how much did it make
0: i have a v- any guesses I have a, vague, I have a vague i have a vague memory us.
2: of it but i'm gonna okay I'm, it was like 70 million
0: are we doing worldwide or u.s
2: uh technically worldwide so
0: worldwide is 79.6 million dollars so they double their money yeah okay and i that's, don't remember this bad. getting released into theaters I do did it or was it just okay i just remember watching did it, it? Okay. streaming it came
2: out in theaters uh i believe it was like a week or two after uh the the second black panther movie because it's opening weekend it was second to black panther wakanda forever um gotcha which does not okay. does not mean that this movie's worse than that film because i like i like the marvel films for what they are and uh Wakanda forever sucks. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, Namor was uh, good, but yeah, Wakanda forever was just severely lacking. Uh, yeah. I didn't see it. it, was, it I, I had better hopes for it. I did not. I've, got, I've well. got better wow. things to
2: do with two and a half hours of my time.
3: Ooh, That's true. Okay. Like watch, yeah, the, you menu can watch again. the menu. Watch the menu almost
2: twice. And, and yeah. this is one of those yeah. movies that watched it the first time. Thought it was good. Uh, watched it the second time i think i think i liked it a little more the second time after researching it i like it even more because there is so much like uh underlying things that you just do not pick up on that is heavily it, it all makes sense in like the theming of the movie so i can't wait to lay some of that shit on you girls
3: Okay. Well, I kind of, you kind of pick that up as you're watching it. Like there's things in there that you're seeing. Like I said, this movie has the best legitimate quotes from a specific character chef that I have probably ever seen. And maybe any movie, he has the best just like dialogue. It is
2: really beautiful. Mm -hmm. You you put this as like, like I'm I'm not disagreeing that he doesn't have like great dialogue and stuff like that, but you're putting him like up, like, the some of
3: he's it's uh, it's amazing yeah it's really good only because it fits really well in the, the context and it hits like it's supposed to hit so i think that in the in this overarching theme of what this movie is it it's pretty much perfection in terms of the way he's building the world um and the way that he's communicating with the our customers, let's say.
0: I could agree with that because a lot of what he says seems very like it's, he doesn't say a lot, but what he does say is really purposeful throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm.
3: So, and it, and it hits hard. Yeah. Like some of that stuff I was reading, I was like, this movie is full of so many quotes and it's not the cheesy quotes you get that people laugh at and all that. It's like stuff that is exceptionally meaningful. And I think just in general, right
2: on. like what goes to my brain instantly when it's like best quotes, like characters with like, flawless quotes throughout an entire film kind of thing i instantly go to like kevin spacey in seven like when he does start talking and stuff at the end and everything like everything that he's saying is so uh poignant in the same thing with uh uh what's his name oh i'm losing credit uh silence of the lambs fucking yep Anthony Hopkins, Anthony Hopkins, there it is. Anthony Hopkins in sons of the lambs, literally everything he's like, that's what my brain goes to. So when you're saying that I'm like, do I put them in the same boat? Like, I'm not saying I do. I'm not saying I don't. It just, it definitely, I've never thought of it in that way.
3: Well, I think it depends on like, if you're talking about, uh, the character as themselves, like you're, or if you're they're the villains or they're not the villains. Like, I can't remember, like, I know seven you, you uh, hearken back to that all the time. Cause that's one of your favorite movies. Um, I know I've watched it. I just, it's been a long time and I haven't paid close enough attention to it. So I can't pull from that, but like I can, from silence of the lambs, that movie is beautiful in itself, but um it, he, he's the villain of the story. This this story chef is not necessarily the villain right. i mean in my opinion i think he is just a very tragic character tired of being treated like absolute dog shit by the world's elite and you can uh kind of side with him a lot in this because of that and you don't look at him as the bad i mean guy. there's
2: a there's some arguments to be made considering that uh he basically is poised as a cult leader.
0: <laughs> <And this> is... <sighs> Well, I think we should just get into it because there's a lot yes. that could make you lean one oh, way abso- or other. Absolutely.
2: Another. But
3: True. Well, True. All right, yes. so let's do our reviews and then we'll let's let's, let's dig in, I
2: start guess. with let's start with our ten out of ten. So if you want to be a part of our club, you can find us at
0: facebook.com backslash pod of the dead or else on Instagram at pod underscore of underscore the underscore dead or on tiktok at pod of the dead if you want to email us any questions any complaints or movie recommendations you can email us at pod of the dead at 666 at gmail.com of 10 okay, this movie mwah, of death. yes <laughs> warning spoilers we've already called it spoiler warning so we're good okay yeah this this is i'm just then <laughs> it goes this movie all caps this movie they're very passionate i think i'm at a point in my movie watching career where i find very few new movies entertaining and find even less quote shocking this to me was both the characters are well acted and the scenes are masterfully shot the plot line so good the sectioning of each quote course is wildly entertaining i agree with that it's one of my favorite parts of the movie the big reveal happens and you find out that all the diners and staff are set to die by the end of the meal and even worse tyler knew from before the movie begins is just wild the sheer ridiculous lavishness and luxuriousness of each plate is laughably good ralph finds act Ralph finds acting is wonderful. His sheer apathy adds so much depth to the movie. Surprisingly, I only wish I could give it more stars. May you enjoy it as much as I did. Bon appétit. <laughs>
2: mm, so good. I've got a little, uh, little something to say that kind of ties with that review a little bit. I think this is almost the best time for me to to drop this because, like, how they're talking right. about like okay. expertly shot all this stuff, right? So. Yeah. The seven deadly sins are covered by the six tables in this film, plus staff. So Greed is Soren, Dave, and Bryce who embezzled, Gluttony is Tyler who's willing to die for food, Lust is Richard who cheated on his wife, Envy is George who has a washed up name dropping who who's a washed up name dropping actor. Pride is Lillian and Ted, who believe the dinner is just for them. Sloth is Julian's mother, who did nothing to stop her husband's abuse. Wrath is Julian and the other chefs who murder everyone. I read that and I was like,
1: "That's, that's cool." cool. Oh, that's, I was like, that's Jesus awesome. Christ.
2: And then there are 12 dining guests, the same just like apostles in The Last Supper.
3: Dang. <laughs> That's, that's right. kind of awesome. That makes this movie better. I mean, yeah, I would never pick that up though. Realistically, like I liked all of the aspects of all of them and the way that it's portrayed in this, um, that we get to know these characters. But I would have never put
2: no. That no together, when I read that when I was doing my research and stuff, I was just like, holy shit! And I was just like that attention yeah. to detail with the blocking of writing this, like, it, like that's what I really, really, really like. Like that kind of nuance and stuff. So, but.
3: This is a, this is like an artist's dream film, in my opinion. Like it's just so beautiful and and it is so purposeful and that is, and it's very artistic in that way. Like if you are not a person that wants to sit kind of, it reminds me in a completely different aspect of like watching the witch, um, in that sense, because you have to pay attention to everything and everything has a purpose and it is beautiful in a completely different way. Um, but I like it because it's so artistic.
0: And I think there's another layer added to this where it's almost like the movie knows how artistic and beautiful and well thought it is that they can also make fun of that aspect of it. It's a, yeah that's my favorite part self-aware. because like the witch was beautiful and great yes and then this movie just adds that added layer of yeah we know what we're doing well, here we're gonna give they, you something to they also
2: about. like this yeah. is just kind of like me watching it and picking up on this every time they do the course like a course or whatever and they like show the food and everything those are almost exact shots that you see when you watch like iron chef with a plate and, and display a meal. It's like these slow rotating shots around the food with extreme dramatic lighting and stuff. And I was like, that's 100% what they're trying to uh, cultivate is that, that look, that lavishness.
0: Tyler mentions the show um, Chef's Table, and that's actually a show on mm. Netflix, and the way that they're shot is identical to how they do it in there. With the, the black background, just the plate, the name off to the side,
3: that's, like, straight from Chef's gotcha. Table. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Yeah, That's fun. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Well, I think the difference, like what you were saying, Tasha, I think the difference is this is a relatable movie in the sense right. of the feeling that you have, and I think the pretension here is, like, all-time high so in like the Witchwood, because i was using that as a comparison it's not relatable like it's it's just an artistic historical film that you can appreciate because it's depth. but this is uh, in itself like i find a lot of the things that he said and it's probably because i am my own artist like i write for a living um i can really uh, understand where his feelings come from the chef's feelings do when he portrays that to his customers because it's like yeah i i feel a lot of that stuff too bro
2: before we do the one out of 10. I couldn't help though, like every single time Shelf was talking and stuff. I don't know how many times I said this uh, while the movie's going on. I just kept going, the boy who lived.
3: Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's like telling Maya as we're laying there, he's like, that's Voldemort. And she's like, no, it's not. He's like, yes, it is. She's like, he doesn't even look like him. I was like, he doesn't have a nose in Harry (laughs) Potter. Like. (laughs) I'm <laughs> like, but he's such a yeah. good actor my god i was gonna so watch good.
2: in bruges after that so. but it was only on stars and i didn't want to come downstairs and pull out my blu-ray copy <laughs> anyway
0: he <laughs> also plays a terrifying guy in the red dragon oh too. yeah that was yeah. my first i
2: forgot about that
0: i haven't seen yeah. that in forever oh, yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. going yeah. back to
2: silence of the lambs it's yeah. in that whole line Yeah, so, one out of ten yep. what do we got
3: okay one out of and one we can, out of 10. we can
2: basically say okay, no, though so none funny. of us are probably going to agree with this right we all like this movie right. in some. Nobody
3: aspect. is. <laughs> I love this movie, so yes. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm excited to see this. this episode are always so. This episode so will be tearing apart this review. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, I went to the to this movie excited by the reviews of previous watchers. The screenwriting is exceptional. One of the most unique experiences ever. The food is salivating. None of the above statement was remotely associated to the experience I endured. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> They, they did not watch The, the, the Exorcist. They, that's enduring. <laughs> the story is truly unoriginal. Oh, disgruntled employee goes psycho and kills everyone. Oh, so new. That's, that's wow. such Wow, they've
0: completely uh, missed the mark. They, that's such yes. a
2: baseline, uh, like, yes. That, yeah, that, that the that complexity is tec- here is, is way more than that. what happened, technically.
3: But he didn't, no, you mm. said he goes mad? it says uh, a disgruntled employee goes psycho psycho
0: this was so well thought out months and months and months in advance yeah
2: he's not a, he's not a spree no. killer he's very methodical still could okay. be a psychopath
3: okay yes but it's still built in a way that it's not g- a disgruntled goes psycho and kills everyone no uh okay whatever the crimes for which people are were punished were so ridiculous i cringed start up yuppies send money to the cayman islands oh shock bad reviews on culinary reviews make restaurants close oh my god unheard of wow. old, old guy goes with younger woman prostitute who could have imagined such an exotic and surprising <laughs> turn of events not why they died <laughs> no that's not <laughs> And what about the puppet moaning at the table in the corner? The puppet. Mamas, the puppet. I think that's what he's talking about. Oh, God. The puppet. Uh, you
2: know what would give this movie like an extra half point? If uh, Jim Henson Company had just like one random Muppet. If if it was. Literally, just kept <laughs> going over it there and it's like puppet. Elmo face down in a bottle of gin. But
0: the Muppets, yeah. can't, the Muppets can't come to that demise.
3: It's not Oh, it's okay. oh my gosh. What is the what now? is the chef's mother's plotline supposed to do for us? Well, okay, he wants to. He, oh, okay, food was good, really. Do you have any idea what food that looks good and makes you salivate or salivating in a movie should look like? That's not the point of That's, this. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Go watch Babette's Feast, and then come back to me and talk about being uh, about being and. Okay, this is grammatical <laughs> issues, guys. Sorry. Okay, Ben, come back and talk to me about being original and original writer. They put and original writer. How oh, dare they? Absurd. Because yes. Uh, so what? I don't know about feast, but I am going to go and probably see what this is. So I'm curious to see. Um, so I can. <laughs> I'm going to
2: watch this, what they said just so I can shit review. on that. Yeah. Might
3: be good. yeah maybe. Know, never maybe that. I love it.
2: Got the name, it might got be. The name I am Bat-bat either absurd. It. Can't be good.
3: Yeah, I, mm, I have a history with a That was one so of I'm my great aunt's <laughs>
2: cats.
3: <laughs> oh, it was. She was a beautiful black
0: Persian and hated she people.
2: Hated people so much.
0: Uh, she hated everyone,
3: but she was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, absurd because so boring such a huge disappointment i had to create this account just to vent that tells you all so i looked up babette's feast and the okay.
0: first um where did it go it's basically about a banquet that brings somebody home a glorious banquet allows babette to give of her very best in her exile from France. So it's literally, I think they just want you to see the food at Babette's feast, which is like a giant Thanksgiving dinner. So this person I don't think knows like what modern cuisine and like cuisine as art and gastronomy and all of that.
2: Yeah. And and that can, that definitely leans into like the pretension and stuff because I like, Mm -hmm. Oh, totally fancy food stuff. Right. And, uh but there's there's a it's like a bell curve like it gets to a point where like shit just like is so opulent and decadent and it gets to a point for me it's pointless where just because you can get this artistic and stuff with it doesn't mean you should like it's just like at what point
3: I disar- really? I disagree okay. with that. I, I agree
0: with Steph on that. I think there's a place for that. It's food as art, just like movies as art, or very Correct. like avant-garde yeah. music. This is the same thing. So people it's go not to these, for everybody, right? People go to these restaurants not necessarily to feel like stuffed and like that, but it's for. The chef and the chef's vision of like the tasting know yeah, things it's like not, that. Where it's, not it's, eat, no, it's not to eat. No, it's fully, to taste. Right? Did you not watch no, the I, movie? No. What I'm saying. I know. Is
2: I fully understand <laughs> that. For me, it's a bell curve. It, it hits yeah. this line where it yeah. like, is just no longer interesting and stuff to me. It becomes almost masturbatory, and it's just like, look, I turned this four course meal into fog and it's just like okay (laughs) yeah like you can like that that's fine but like for me it just it like there just becomes this line i don't think they do that in this movie but but there definitely is a course that he's doing that in and he i think he agrees (laughs) with me at that point where he's just like right yeah fuck you and like he's punishing his guests by not giving them bread you know and stuff like that and like i'm just like yep
3: Well that's one hundred percent. That's how I look at it.
2: Like when you deconstruct like when like people want to be like, Oh, it's a deconstructed X, Y, and Z and you deconstruct it to the point where like I'm literally having to crack an egg into some flour and make my own damn cake. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) That's
3: But yeah, I agree. Like, I think that you get to that line where it's no longer about eating yeah. and it's all about your experience and it's about the taste. It's not about the getting full. It's not about the sustenance aspect. It's about the experience and the flavor profiles that you are experiencing. So this is very, this movie is not about getting full this movie is about the entire experience which obviously in this movie does not go well for these (laughs) people but it is a beautiful way of, of putting it because it the way that it's played out and i I have never been a person like I like watching movies and stuff or TV shows or whatever that talks about food. I've been watching it since I was very young, but I never look at it in the same like small plate tasting aspect. Mm -hmm. I look at it on a consumption aspect. It's not that I don't appreciate the other. It's just that that's not what I am going into it looking for. So I but I appreciate this movie nonetheless because it's just
2: beautiful. So I do have a uh So that was our 10 out of 10 and our one out of 10. But I do have a bonus review because I found one that I found to be uh, pretty cool. I haven't really read it. I just read the headline of it. I saw its length and I thought it was worth it. I'm not even going to give you what their actual review score (laughs) is. Okay. Okay. As a restaurant owner, I just had to watch this film. Intense. You'll never be on the edge. You'll be on the edge of your seat. I opened my first restaurant here in Cleveland, Ohio when I was 21 years old and have been a hospi- hospitalian ever since. This film took the gripes and, uh, f- what is this word? Fobles of hospitality. Yeah, oh, foibles yeah. of hospitality yeah. workers and turned it into a uh, ghastly and riveting look at the fault lines of human nature and the excesses of the entitled brilliantly written and so intense i couldn't tear my eyes away even in the most exorbitant moments Uh, the many layers of of backhouse references and coded gastronomical winks were a special pleasure i'm already looking forward to watching this film a second time to catch all the nuances and uh, that I missed on the first go around. So I thought that was awesome that there was a review from someone that is a legitimate chef and lo and behold, Cleveland, Ohio, uh, just a few hours from us in our home state.
3: I think they said everything. So we don't even have to do this, this, this anymore. Do we like, right. we're, this, this we're, the done. Wrap up. we're done. <laughs> and- <Where are> you?
2: <laughs> but yeah. So, um, do you guys want to start getting into it then?
1: Yes. righty. Okay. Yes.
2: So, um, we open up, and we've got. I'm going to refer to these people uh, by what I remember them by. I know it's Tyler and Margot is who we see, but I'm you know how I am. Mm-hmm. So we we see Tyler and Margot, Beast and uh, Anya Taylor Joy. So we got Beast and the Witch. Oh,
0: Jesus.
3: A-
2: Beast and Allison. Yes,
3: Beast and Allison. <laughs> Allison.
2: So Beast and Allison are uh, waiting for a boat, and Allison is smoking her cigarette and everything, and Beast is kind of giving her shit about it because, uh, you know, you're going to ruin your palate and all this stuff. Uh, and not Beast, Tyler, like you're already starting to get this thing of like he's like extremely giddy about this uh, trip that they're about to go on, and you find out that this trip is just a boat ride to another like an island that this restaurant's at. And there, uh, he explains to Margot that there's not going to be a lot of people going because it's a 12 person dinner. The dinner is extremely expensive, uh, $12,500, I believe I heard. So that's 25 grand a couple. Um, And we later find out, we later find out that so. some people have been here multiple times, like an insane amount of times. <laughs>
3: Um, mm-hmm. yeah that's right. crazy uh, and i
0: think that already is absurd when it comes to like the the food culture of because you will hear like um like these really modern restaurants being in like a warehouse or a pop-up and it's always in some cases it can be in like these really outlandish spots or parts of buildings so this one's like even up a tier where they have to go to an island for this lavish this is
2: actually uh, based on uh, one of the writers uh, actual experiences in life Uh, let me see where do I have it um somewhere here I have so many notes for this movie in in it's <laughs> insane um uh, nope that's that stuff I'm gonna cut all this out that's all did you know <laughs> casting production Jesus Christ I gotta hear somewhere
0: the Ravens 137 nice
2: I saw a 17 three last I checked. And this was supposed to be like a preview of what could be the Super Bowl. I heard. Fuck that. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right. Where is it? I know I fucking got it here. Hmm. Anyway, the this is legitimately like a uh, the writer went to a restaurant in Norway. That this is exactly how mm. it went it was a small grouping you got on a boat you went to an island and that's where the restaurant was and it was the exact same thing where <laughs> you couldn't leave you were there for it, i don't think it was four and a half hours but it was a long time and it wasn't until he was there that he found out oh shit! i'm quote unquote stuck here and uh yeah mm. so like that's definitely like this is um this is definitely like set in reality like this kind of shit exists out there but uh
3: Yeah, I mean, it's that pretentious thing of being like uh, she's with her pretentious foodie. All these people have some kind of thing they're trying to experience here. A lot of it has to do with just they have the money to spend or blow. And so uh, the only person I think that's even in this that's there for the food is Tyler. Like the rest of them aren't really there necessarily for the actual experience, um, which I liked about this. But yeah, they get on this boat and then they're eating like was like some kind of like an oyster VR. with homemade or like manufactured yes. I've yeah yeah
2: all of these um, I've lemon got, alginate yep, i've got all of that for you
3: yeah I'll, yeah you you got okay. what for us all Sorry. of the
0: the meals
2: yeah so here we oh go. so yeah once we get to that point every time we hit a meal you will get a nice pocket of information but so the, we're, we're okay. there you know waiting on the boat and everything we start getting introduced to some of our cast and stuff and i've got my notes that john leguizamo has officially entered the chat and something that i really like about his character in this is that he uh to to do this role and stuff he basically was like who do i think is a shitty actor who who i can base this on and he basically uh he told uh he told some report reporters and stuff uh, that he based it on Steven Seagal, whom he called a horrible human <laughs> due, due to a particularly bad experience oh, wow. while working on a, with Seagal on Executive Decision in 1996. The multiple references to okay. Diaz playing a cook in one of his movies may be a nod to the fact that uh, Under Siege is a Seagal film in which he played a cook. Okay. So he oh, basically okay. is just like, okay. ah, fuck it. I'm just gonna be Steven Skull in this damn movie. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, he's yeah. like a washed-up actor, and I liked that about it. And his, his ass-kissing assistant's there who wants to quit her job, essentially. But I like that. But, yeah, they get on this boat, and then they're going there. And I, when you arrive, it's gorgeous. Like, that's another thing yeah. I loved about this. And when they're walking across this boardwalk before all of this, you know, the ladies taking their names and writing them down, and they don't like that the character who played, what is it, Margo? Margo. Is not supposed to be the one that's supposed to be there, so that kind of throws a wrench into things. And I liked that because they kind of uh, yeah. highlighted that, I guess, so you understood what was. This was off. Do
2: you know? Do you know? know why? Like, I didn't realize this until I was researching. Do you know why they didn't like the fact that uh, Margot isn't? Uh, who do I have? Miss Westerfeld. It's because. Uh,
0: I wondered what was wrong. Yeah, I wondered what she had to do. It's with because it.
2: Hawthorne does not does not accept mm. substitutions.
0: Oh yeah, that I knew. I I oh, was wondering what restu- uh, okay. his girlfriend had to do. Oh for yeah, that
2: that that's, that'd to be get, to get to yeah, go that'd there. Be interesting, but yeah, like I didn't realize that. But the reason, like the holy shit, with like the staff and everything about her not being who she is is that's a substitution. In this restaurant, you don't get substitutions. Like.
1: Oh, no, okay. you so that I was no, instantly no, no. like, okay.
2: And then also at this point, um, so Elsa, who is the I've got her down as Matre D, but I don't think that's correct. Is she the Matri D? Okay. Uh yeah. Elsa, she's the one that's taking all their names and stuff, and she's going to lead them and a few goats to the restaurant. Uh so, in the beginning of the film, the customers are led to the restaurant by Elsa and a few goats. A Judas goat is a goat used to keep cattle and other livestock calm while being led onto trucks and into slaughterhouses. This is a hint that the diners are cattle oh, being led to the slaughter.
3: This is awesome. Okay. Well, you kind of, they kind of lead you a little bit because, like, she shows them doesn't take them directly to the restaurant. She takes them on like a tour of where they're going to be. And I love that because it kind of introduces you into this world without just making you sit down at a restaurant to eat. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, my favorite part. It was when they go to the meat house and Mm. like, (laughs) and they're like, we only eat the meat of dairy cows, which I thought was interesting because most isn't most meat made from steers. Right. So Um, that I found interesting. And then they age the meat Nordic smokehouse style and that they, uh, do it for 153 days or 152 days. And they're like, what happens if you eat the meat after that? And they're like, well, I guess the flesh eating one day, one day, one day early. Yeah, that's right. Uh, then yes, maybe uh, it'll introduce this whatever into your bloodstream and basically you'll die. And I was just like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> and she says it with a smile on yep. her face. She does. At that point, I was like, I
0: really like her. Yeah. She's one of my favorite characters in yeah, the cause movie. Yeah, because it's
2: so just like matter of fact, like, oh, if you do that, yeah, mm-hmm. then you'll introduce, you'll probably introduce the bacteria into your system and it'll get into your spinal fluid and like basically just kill you instantly. And
0: then you'll expire. Yeah, I was like, "Yep, damn,
2: yeah. I'm not eating this fucking nordic jerky
3: <laughs> yeah and then they go and visit the sleeping quarters and that was another kind of like interesting part because it's like a it's a shelter almost before
2: they like. got there though before like while they're on the boat getting uh to the place is actually when they have their first course um so a little little yes. jump back i forgot um So what they end up having for their first course is lemon caviar served on raw oysters with uh, Mignonate, Mignonate, whatever that is. Um, So The first of the menus movie dishes is not served on the island but is given to the guests on the way to the Hawthorne after they board the boat. As the only dish without an explanation, viewers cannot be sure what the intended meaning behind this course is meant to be. However, the menu may have the menu may have hinted at Chef's plan in the history and history, Jesus Christ, and history in the sourness of lemons in fact tyler is enthusiastic and shares an unnecessary and possibly wrong explanation of the dish audiences who are familiar with the dish and caught tyler's pretentious explanation already had a clue about his interactions with how his interactions with the chef might go so that's when they had their Mm -hmm. first dish so then yep they do the they do the tour that's dish one
3: yeah. But when they, before they go on the tour, they're walking across the Island and they're talking about how every single thing that they have that they serve is on from this Island and that included yep. the oysters. So they did talk about that. So that kind of alluded to like, we served you this, but this is from, we, we pick them fresh. You're, I think they said something about having them tonight or you just had yep. them or I'm whatever it was. On. And, um, so, yeah, so I, I liked that because it was like, everything is all encompassed into this. Uh, we do everything in-house. We're not bringing anything in. We're making everything um, in, well, I just said in-house, but yes, in-house, yep, so there we by go. by
2: this time, they finally <laughs> make it into the uh, to the restaurant, uh, the Hawthorne, and it's at this point that you start getting more of a feel of everybody. We're seeing like a couple people here, a couple people there and I've got uh written down it's just like uh these these people the cooks kind of are acting and looking like cult members because like when they show the barracks and stuff like that where they sleep and everything it's very reminiscent of Jonestown and all that and they also talk Mm -hmm. how they only get four hours of sleep which sleep deprivation is a huge thing in uh cult leaders and like they're indoctrinating of people and stuff but uh so, they only refer in my notes. I've got they only refer to Voldemort as chef. So, Chef Voldemort. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but also, if um, like you look at restaurant culture and like the people that work in restaurants, it's very militaristic mm-hmm. too. So, if you're not going down that cult avenue, seeing it as barracks and yes, chef, and I listen to my leader, that I think it's that like on steroids of Mm -hmm. like what a a traditional kitchen would look like, like, especially like a French kitchen where it's very like you have your your tiers of people so i didn't pick up on that aspect of it until like doing some research
3: i didn't either because i was just like that's how you talk when you're cooking like when you see stuff especially on like food shows that's kind of how they they act
2: so Uh, it's at this time that we find out that dinner is going to be four hours and 25 minutes each day that's how long dinner takes because we go through all of these courses and uh we're in, informed that uh, you are able to watch the cooks create, but there are no photos to be taken. Um, what I find really interesting about this is that the entire kitchen team were trained to actually create the dishes broken down station by station so that if any, at any time you look at them, they are all doing the correct things they should be doing for that dish were it in real life and not a movie
0: and Dominique okay. there's a Dominique cren it's yep. her name she's a French chef and she was the like consult for teaching all of these actors how to put it together
2: Yeah, the, the lavish food okay. layouts were they're
0: really cool like
2: oh you're the lavish food layouts were prepared by renowned <laughs> French chef Dominique cren the only female sh- the only female <laughs> chef in the United <laughs> States to at- uh, attain three Michelin stars for her restaurant in San Francisco as of 2016 though many of the cast and crew were often tempted to taste the delicious the the delicacies between takes they had to be reminded that the food items were predominantly props and thus inedible (laughs) (laughs) because of this though Mm -hmm. later on in the movie there is a cheeseburger correct and this is like the only this is the only bit of food throughout the movie that is actually like edible food (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and, and during That's all funny. those scenes, the entire cast was getting like incredibly hungry. So uh, John Leguizamo uh, ended up ordering cheeseburgers and French fries for everybody <laughs> uh, on set that day to, to feed everybody. And I was like, man, cool guy. John Leguizamo strikes again.
3: <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. That's funny. Yes. So, um. Where are we at here? Well, we're sitting in our. Uh, I don't. I did not take. Like, I have a lot of pages of notes on this, but my notes are not like most of the play by plays because I didn't feel like that was necessary with this movie. I usually, most of the stuff I wrote down with this was just quotes um, because they were just beautiful in this. And yeah, this episode,
2: um, well, like last like, episode was like my beginning for like doing a lot lighter note taking instead of going play by play. So it's a. We're, that's where it's going to be like a little more. We're not going to tell you the exact story it's going to be kind of like by feeling everything we're going to get there
3: yeah and so when we walk in and they sit down and i wrote down like all the breakdown of all of these characters like we have the three working men and they're at their table and they're and then we have the washed up actor and his assistant at their table and we have the prostitute and the pretentious booty we don't, we don't at know their a table. Prostitute that's what yet. i written down <laughs> Well, we, we do know because, uh, we, we, we know from earlier in our review that we read that in that, um, um, and then we have the food critic and her, her, uh, well, Nick called her like the, him, the ass kisser that's with her. So that's the ass kisser. And then we have mom and then we have the husband and the wife, which there are the repeat uh, customers. They've
2: been here 11 times we find out later on and right. we'll get to that that's... scene 11 times that comes out to over a quarter of a million dollars these motherfuckers have spent here i jesus christ that's so much money and uh the 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 wife yeah, the wife is uh was she from previously okay who's the
3: boss so. uh, <laughs> Yeah, that's how I re- I recognized her from that. But I don't recognize, I didn't recognize the husband from but, anything. So, so
2: while they're there and everything, I believe yeah. it's Elsa uh, is like talking yep. to everybody and all this. And um, she informs somebody. It's like, we know everyone who dines with us. They basically like everyone that comes here and dines. We uh, do our background checks and stuff like that. But even more so, uh, we're kind of informed that basically at COVID time because this takes place after COVID and it's referenced a little bit in the movie just for a time marker. From COVID time on, people like people weren't making reservations here as much as it seemed like uh the restaurant was allowing like they were the ones reaching out being like inviting inviting them." them in now and that's where you start getting what is going to happen in this film because these people didn't all accidentally show up here together they were all invited here they all were put on the waiting list until it was all available to get them all here for this one menu
1: okay
2: so um listening I've got listening to the critics uh do their thing makes me want to play in traffic every single time I listen to the food critics talk in this the pretension is Mm. so fucking high like and on purpose like they do it so well like there there are so many characters in this movie that are written to not necessarily like like the uh i've got them as the dude bros like your yuppie upstart three guys
0: the business guys
2: you're not you're not meant to like them and they do a fucking great job at making them unlikable and it's not like it's not like oh we're just gonna make them shitheads it's just very very nuanced like it's just like these are real people like this person rubs me wrong and i don't care for this person same with the food critics they're so fucking up their own ass. well she's up her own ass he's up her ass like, because he, he's right, such a yeah. parasite kind of person with it. Like, no matter what she says, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I thought that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, oh yes. And every time I see that, like, uh, uh, dichotomy, or not dichotomy, the, whatever. anytime, dynamic. yeah, that dynamic, uh, I instantly just, I'm like, just kill me now. I can't fucking stand watching this shit. <laughs> Even though I- <laughs> I think they really- Go ahead.
0: I think they do a really good job of making you not like the like a lot of the people like the people you're not supposed to like. I know that sounds really stupid, but you're really not supposed to like anybody in this movie if you're taking chef's side aside from aside from Margot. Yeah.
3: yeah, I'm I the only other person I found somewhat likable was the actor Dog was almost character. I thought he was somewhat likable in this and then um and the and the wife with the husband. I I had she had uh Like some redeeming qualities, I think, in this movie. But yeah, for the majority of it, you're not supposed to like these characters. Like Elsa, she's... You like her because she's a great actress in this movie, but she's kind of an asshole, so like... But in a great, wonderful way. Like, very downplayed. So, Uh, yeah. Before... And her name, her name, and that, that also made me laugh. So I don't know why Elsa. Before
2: we go so. on to the next dish and everything, I do have something to bring up about the the last dish and how it kind of ties in with Margot's name. So the name Margot is the French diminutive of Marguerite, and it's the pronunciation Margot and not Margot, uh, which means pearl. Margot shows mm-hmm. her appreciation for oysters, which can create pearls out of any foreign objects or obstacles so her name is even like like her her character is built kind of in her name which i think is really neat
3: okay i i would never have pulled that from that but That that's i really don't think so like i think it's
2: neat. like she I likes do. she likes oysters her name is basically like means pearl pearls come from oysters like all that stuff like, i think that's really neat well, they come from clams, technically. Okay. Wait, hold on.
0: <laughs> what? Right? Yeah. They came from oysters. No, they come from okay, like, so like oysters. I'm, the
2: yeah, I'm not a foodie. Yeah. Like a real deal foodie. I'm not a brain researcher. We're figuring all this stuff out. Okay. <laughs> We're...
0: Oysters are the ones with like the oil and water inside of their shell.
2: Oh, and a lot of All pieces. I know is and the only time I eat oysters is if they're fried. <laughs> and that's clams. That's not even oysters. See? There.
0: A fried oyster, a clam is its own. I know, thing. but they're
2: basically both boogers from the sea. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, that's okay. okay. not, not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Okay, so let's talk about the amuse bouche. That's the next, yes, that's our the, next meal.
2: which, uh, does anybody know what that name exactly means? Because I don't believe it's in this, but. Amuse-bouche. So it's the first dish served to the menu cast on the island. After the dinner, guests are taken on a tour of the island and shown how all the ingredients for the menu movie dishes are harvested and presented there. Interesting amuse-bouche is a dish that traditionally is not ordered by patrons, but instead served depending solely on the chef's selection Therefore, with this dish, the film may be suggesting how the entire menu has been selected by Julian without the guests having any say in it. Similarly, their death at the end of the menu has been orchestrated by the chef, who at this point has not appeared in the film. Okay. So, uh, what does amuse, 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 mean?
0: The translation is mouth amuser. <laughs> But it's just a small complimentary yeah. small play.
2: Mouth amuser. Yeah. Those are some yeah.
0: But it means mouth I, amuser. I'm gonna use
2: the, I'm not gonna use <laughs> MA's Bish in my daily stuff, but I'm gonna use mouth, mouth amuser.
3: <laughs> that's that's lovely. Oh god.
2: <laughs> Alright. So let's see here. So uh it's at this time that the the dude bros are being douchey, um, just like you know, like they only care about work and money and shit like that. And uh, John Leguizamo's assistant is talking about how she's going to be quitting and all this. So you're just kind of getting like you're getting attack on all these people, like kind of getting to know them a little bit here and there. And uh, you find out that Tyler basically idolizes chef and it's cringy as fuck. Like his idol worship of Julian, the chef, is like I've mm-hmm. seen these people before in my life. I like. I think Stephs referred to them as starfuckers and stuff like that. That's exactly yeah, like, what it's I call them. <laughs> so fucking gross. Like it's it's one thing to like appreciate somebody's stuff, but like that is so much.
0: His ignorance throughout this whole movie is just comical, <laughs> though. How so? How much that he loves Chef—that's all he cares about—and all of the other things that are happening around him that he's not paying attention to because he's so focused on the food. I don't think...
3: Well, I think he know. I think he knows all that stuff's going to happen, so he's already. Yeah, he's already okay signed on. That.
2: He knows how this is going to end. We later find that out and stuff that.
3: But it's
0: still jarring. Everyone knows it's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, but
2: he doesn't care because he's getting what he wants.
0: Exactly. Be- Exactly. That's what oh, I'm God. saying. But the way that it plays out, how he just does that as like something tragic happens and he's just over there, like munching on his food,
3: like not phased yeah. at all. That's true. It's like the shrug. Oh, something happened. Let's move on. Right. And then like everybody else is over here screaming and acting out. And then he's just like, what's next? Right. Exactly. <laughs> what's the next course? Does chef like yeah. me?
2: Do you think he, like, do you think yeah. he noticed me? Yeah. Um. But it's yeah. at this point that we are actually finally introduced to, to chef and he shows up and I believe he, Uh, He claps. That's usually kind of how he makes his entrance and talking about dishes and such. And he gives like a a heartfelt speech about the menu that he has prepared and everything. I don't have it written down.
3: That's fine. No, but this this is my favorite thing. So I'm writing a lot of quotes from this movie. So we'll see what I have here. But the chef plays, says he's, there's a play with raw materials of life itself. Um, It's art on the edge of the abyss.
2: The Abyss.
3: Like so beautiful. <laughs> this is this is why this movie gets me every time. So,
2: so. while he's giving, while he's giving, nice. oh, do you have more?
3: No, it's well. Now we're at the part where well, we're at first course, uh, right?
2: So he gives his quote and everything, and again, it fucking cuts to Tyler, and he's fucking crying. Like he's like, it's 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 so yeah. it's so emotional. <laughs> like it just it really connects with me. And uh, they'd already been told, like you know, like uh, you can. Watch our our chefs and stuff like that. Just no photography, and he just doesn't fucking care. He's still he's taking pictures of his shit. He does not. And
3: but which is weird because he's it's not like those photos are know, ever going to go like, anywhere. What,
2: what I was reading because like I thought that too is that yeah he knows that he's not making it out of here, but he's just so fucking up fucking chef's ass about all this stuff he's like I've got to document this. It's so amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. But,
2: uh, but, uh,
0: and at this point, your first time watching, you're just seeing yeah. it as an asshole who doesn't know how to follow directions. Correct.
2: True. He's just a, True. a self-entitled douchebag. Right. But uh, yeah, it's at this point then we cut back to like John Leguizamo talking to his uh, assistant and everything. And I've this is uh, one of my favorite parts of dialogue that is it, just kind of throwaway dialogue, but it's probably one of my favorites. So his assistant's talking about this like you know, we're gonna do like a maybe like a cooking show where you travel around and all this stuff. And he's like, Yeah, you know, you just get like a picture of me like on a green Vespo, some capri pants, fake and orgasm, talk about how racism is not so cool, you know, just fucking do all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh my god, like it's it's exactly like what I think of when uh people that you see like on show like these like real life shows, like well, real life using that very loosely, but it's like why like why is this guy the host of a show where they're traveling around doing this stuff and it's literally like it just showing he's like he doesn't fucking care he's just getting a paycheck like yeah oh, fucking i just fake this fake right. that you know <laughs> but uh
0: yeah it was like i'm gonna eat some cheese in italy fake an orgasm like i just love
2: that fake an orgasm yeah, like, <laughs> <love that bacon laughs> orgasm. yeah. but uh so let's see here So yeah, we it's after that They're uh, given their first course Which is called the island And the various locations Where the menu was filmed Were crucial to the establishing To establishing the island The setting of the artistic massacre The first course is also The first dish introduced by Chef Slovic Slovic I always want to pronounce that W like a V Like it's Slovic Uh, Slovic, Mm. as he would do for all succeeding uh, dishes. From the seaweed to the fresh raw scallop, every every ingredient of the dish comes from the island itself, as the name suggests. The chef is clearly inspired by nature, particularly the ocean and the entire ecosystem around them. This highlights the relevance of raw ingredients compared to the fleeting presence of human life on this island, once again, foreshadowing how the menu will end.
3: Okay and he also talks about how you do not eat this you taste it you savor it you relish it i'm i'm guilty
2: of making these kind of claims about movies on this podcast and making these claims about music it's like you don't watch the movie you experience it or you don't listen to a song you you listen to the album the whole thing you're supposed to get so like once that (laughs) shit's fucking coming up i'm like god damn
0: I'm I'm guilty of saying these things about food. I see like I see a little bit of myself in Tyler at the beginning of the movie.
3: <laughs> the idol worship. I
2: about to spit my Slightly. drink all over my computer.
3: I just took a like, huge
2: drink of water and then he's like, I'm I'm Tyler. I'm just like.
3: Gah.
0: I've been known to talk about mouthfeel oh, umami. and the Are you like acid. dropping
2: umami? Okay.
0: No, I don't. Not, not so much. Not so much. Not with the dropping umami.
2: the umami. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> I do you love a good mushroom? Oh hell yeah! We're having mushrooms yeah. this week. Anyway. Um, oh yeah. We we see like the old the old married couple. It seems like they're kind of going through the motions. Like they're they're at the table together, but they're not really like talking to each other as much as like, did you hear about that thing? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we get. On to our next course, which is the bread course. Or, this or one's so, amazing. yeah, the or so thereof. we are led to believe, it is the breadless bread plate. <laughs> the second course is made up of no bread with only savory accomplishments, defined as genius by some guests, but offensive to others. As Lillian Bloom, the critic, Uh, suggests in her comment the concept of the dish is rooted in class history which is often highlighted through the privileged diners in the menu the first truly unusual offering amongst the menu movie dishes this plate is uh this plate of sauces suggests that none of the island's guests deserve bread at all They are not ordinary men and women. And as explained by chef bread and grain have always been the food of common men through history. This was the first overt clue about chefs uncommon plans. Mm
3: -hmm. Yes. And it also talks about how grain represents 65% of all agriculture. And I found that very, uh, and that makes bread, the food of the Mm -hmm. common people, and so it talks about classism and then so that's why we get the breadless bread plate and i was like this is a, a legit slap in the face and a like, middle finger to them and i loved this because it was so uh i don't know well, it was some people brilliant. and if you didn't oh
0: i was just gonna jump over to something else so okay. continue
2: so the 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 yuppie dude bro guys are like angry that they're not getting bread uh other people like tyler and the critics are like just up his ass about like oh this is so great the only person that's really kind of seeing uh this dish for what it is is Margot. at this time she's like no he's fucking this is ins- this is he's insulting you people yeah and Tyler's you like you just don't understand it you just you it literally is that you're not smart enough to understand and that's where like mm-hmm. my elitism doesn't get to that point like that's where the smugness comes in because like you can see where like they legitimately think that their opinion matters and is better than others uh I used to be like that when I was younger that's not me anymore so I'm not these people people okay <laughs> stop it <laughs> stop
0: it i think it's worth noting when elsa goes over to the the three business guys too how they're trying to throw around their their name like that means something and just how she's just standing there like no no you can't well like, it, it doesn't well, matter and she
2: leans in to uh oh. to their ear and says uh you'll eat less than you desire and more than you deserve and i was, I love that's that line. That's a fucking line. great line. It is like, so good. like they're like bitching about it and all this stuff, and she just leans into their ear very softly. Like I had to rewind it to get it worded properly and everything because I was like, "Damn, that's that's a damn good line." Elsa, Elsa's got a heart of ice
3: she does and Tyler in this also says that chef isn't just a chef he is a storyteller and so like that's how he justifies the Uh. breadless bread plate (laughs) and I love this because um, Margot's character she basically chef comes over to their table and is wondering why she's not eating and she's just she is refusing to eat the breadless bread plate because she's not buying into their bullshit and I love that this is her like putting her foot down like you guys can be fools but I'm not a fool and i really like that about her character because she doesn't go with everybody else it's like everybody else is there and they're just like okay we'll, we'll do this because you said so and she's like nah nah i'm, gonna, I'm not doing this
2: says, you get no bread and steph won't stand for this because you love bread
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh i love oh bread i'm a peasant i love like some bread. Like,
2: like while they're while they're getting all this stuff like you know the critics are like yeah blah 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 but then she still is able to like Deep, do you think this emulsion's broken? And then the the suck ass is just kind of like, oh, yes, I was thinking so as well, blah blah blah." And I'm just, they're <laughs> that just was fucking so good. like, "Oh, well, oh, critique, critique, critique like fuck, fucking people." <laughs> and uh
3: but when he brings out that bowl of yeah. emulsion, like here you go, here's your broken emulsion, and then it was like this big yeah, eye-opening moment, and think it, it happens twi- twice. Twice, and then Elsa movie. comes
2: <laughs> with the big fucking thing and just goes, Miss Bloom, here's another broken emulsion for you, courtesy of Chef. Yeah. And it's a fucking <laughs> massive it. bowl. It's like a popcorn dish full of this emulsion yeah. that's broken. So it makes you wonder, like if it's if it's that thought out, did he make it broken on purpose? for her to fucking snoot her nose up, knowing that she's going to take that bait, that he's just going to be like, I'm going to fucking rub your nose in it, bitch.
0: Right. I have that thought throughout this whole movie. How much is specifically curated and then what parts might be because of what's yeah. happening because okay. of Margot being there. Yeah. Well, I think she flusters him.
3: Yeah. So I'm wondering if part of like the, the fuck ups or the change in the storyline, cause he does, he'll come out and be like, yeah, this wasn't planned for, or whatever. Um, I wonder if part of that is because of her mm-hmm. being there and he's just like up in arms, like, Oh shit, this is, this is not, this is the substitution yeah. we don't allow. <laughs>
2: because everything about this is like, this is a, a perfectly oiled machine. And that's why the substitution mm-hmm. stuff doesn't work. It's like, no, like, and I'm guilt. I'm, I don't want to say guilty of this, but like there was a point in my life where I basically was just like, I'm, when I order something, wherever it is, I'm going to order it as is because I want to eat it mm-hmm. the way that it's supposed to be. Because then I can, then I can base my opinion on if it's good or not. Because if I remove something and it's like, eh, it's missing something. It might've very well been that thing that I said that I didn't want in it. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so, but, uh, it's at this time that, you know, she, she's not eating and everything. And Tyler's like, fuck, I'll eat your leftovers. He reaches over, breaks the glass. The chef comes over and is pissed that uh, Margot hasn't been eating. And he, he says like the menu only makes sense if you eat. Like he's very, very intense about like, no, like it's only, I have a reason that I'm doing this. And if you're not going to play along, <laughs> you're going to ruin my fun. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah. uh Margot is a strong independent woman and she will not back down. She's like, No, fuck this. I'm I believe this is the point where uh she the the uh, other matrie, I guess, comes and uh, pours them some glasses of wine from this place and everything and uh I love this uh um <laughs> it has uh you know it's got notes of this, notes of that, and a sense of longing and regret. And that fucking yeah. kills me. I, I I, would like to have a drink that has the taste of longing and regret sometimes.
0: And at that point, if you didn't know it was supposed to have some humor in it, yeah. that gives you a really good yeah, tell. Yeah, like
2: it's like there's a lot of that kind of stuff because it's... These are mm-hmm. things that people probably use as descriptive notes about stuff like that, that. It's so pretentious. Like there's no way to understand what that means. But... Uh, <laughs> So we cut back a little bit, and we see like the the wife keeps look uh, the the older wife, the older couple, the wife is just like that girl, and she's referring to Margot like she keeps looking over here and she looks vaguely familiar like, and the husband's like, nah no, nah, I don't know then it must be in your head or whatever and uh then we we get uh our next dish showing up, which is
0: she said that. That she looks like Claire. Their daughter. So, like, yeah. So not just, like, vaguely familiar, somebody that, that yep. they know.
2: So we get our third course now. And uh, Julian calls this course Memory. In this speech, Sheffer calls when he used to eat tacos with his family. Oh, my God. Are you okay?
0: <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just hit the laptop. We're good.
2: <laughs> it's Pasha's good. entire world just crumbled. <laughs> Alright So uh, In his speech Chef recalls When he used to eat tacos With his family On Tuesdays uh, One night When his father Came home drunk And hurt his mother Julian stopped By stabbing him With scissors in the thigh This this explains why the dish is served with a small pair of scissors in the chicken. Julian also mentions that this is a dish he has made since the beginning of his career as a chef. However, as with every one of the menu's movie dishes, these tasty tacos come with a dark twist. As... The ending of the menu approaches, things start to get weird. The guests soon find out that the tacos contain personal and sometimes compromising pictures or documents of each guest. As such, the tacos expose the guest secrets, like Richard cheating on his wife. Hilariously, Tyler's photos were of him taking pictures (laughs) during the dinner. Not only only that, but the personalized tacos also sub. sub, subtly thank you subtly reveal why julian had chosen these specific guests the food critic lillian for for example has caused many restaurants to close with their picture shown on her tacos they all represent why julian has lost his love for his craft another thing though that i i found is uh the chicken i believe is like you know you've got the the scissors stabbed in it I believe the chickens tied a little bit um Hmm. that is phone cord the same thing that the father uh was strangling julian's mother with in the story oh i missed that i read that somewhere that like it was like so the scissors and the phone cord are all there in Hmm. this meal
0: Yeah. I only picked up on where he was like, and I stabbed him in the thigh as they're stabbing and tiny scissors into chicken Yanni thigh. And he says,
2: uh, and I should have stabbed him in the throat, you know, like kind of like, ha ha ha. Um, another thing that's kind of mm-hmm. neat mm-hmm. though is, um, after like when making this movie, the director basically was like, you know, uh, you can, you know, w- as long as we get our shot, you know, how I want it, you guys can ad lib a little bit or whatever. And one of those ad libs that, uh, st- stayed in the movie is uh julian going taco tuesday like (laughs) like that whole like little bit or whatever (laughs) like that that was like just kind of ad-libbed by uh fines and it just he's just like you know what yeah yeah i like that (laughs) staff we can't hear
1: you no
2: Nope. Now you're muted.
3: There you go. Muted. Oh, that was weird. Yep. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, I like this part in in the movie because it basically showing everybody's ass, but literally on tortillas. Yeah. Yeah, cuz like <laughs> uh, it's just brilliant. I love it so much. And the wire transfers yeah. and the fake the fake charges on the dude bro's table I was like they were fucking livid by this. And then they're like my favorites are like sitting there and they're like well well we work for this guy and it's okay, right? Cuz like he owns the island and he he he's a the silent and uh the silent investor for this place and like all so they're like talking how like they're uh and like bullshit that they, they've been pulling with money is like oh it's fine it's fine like he can't do anything he's in he's in it with us ha, 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 ha. that's funny he's he's part of this too and i was like you well, stupid it, it has a lot to do with
2: how <laughs> how they see themselves with that person mm-hmm. opposed to what it actually is because it's like we work with him and they're like no you work for him so they're embezzling yeah. money from him and everything
1: mm-hmm.
3: But if you look at this, though, this is something I just kind of pulled up. So every single person that's visiting there for the most part, not every single one believes they have a relationship with that place to some degree, because the guys that are sitting at the table have the relationship by working for the same guy or being under the same umbrella. We have uh, John Leguizamo's character who says that he knows him and that's why they're there. And so the assistant just assumes that. Then you have um, Mr. Yuppie himself. Um um, Tyler, who's just absolutely obsessed with him. So he has like this fawning thing, like, oh, he wants to know me. He whatever. And he I've been waiting so long to be here. And then you have the food critic who obviously is like, well, he obviously cares, and I obviously care because you know he wants me here to see his stuff because this is all for me, the ego of it. And then the people that were invited back again for the 11th time obviously have some kind of relationship built. So like there is this constant relationship with all of these characters in their own way. And obviously it feeds into the ego part of this storyline. And I like that because it's not like we're walking into something where these people are like blind. It's like they have some tie to it.
0: And to add to the pride, the critic said, um, like when the taco thing comes out, that that's what put him on the map. And she's the one that yeah. said that in her review.
2: Yeah. There it's, you go. It's that yeah. thing that, like, I fucking hate with critics and stuff is that they think that, like, certain critics, not all critics, but, like, this is, uh this one in particular that they think that the only reason that this person is famous because is because of their review. It's not that their accomplishments are their own that I put them on the pedestal and because of my yes or no, they became what they are now. So basically just aping off of their, their accomplishments are my accomplishments. And I fucking hate that.
0: And I don't know if either of you noticed, but at some point she's also smoking. So her, her description of what she's eating isn't even accurate because that was brought up at the beginning from mm-hmm. Tyler. That's, that's so she's true. not even like a good
3: critic no. because she's not fully
0: experiencing
3: stuff Correct. too. Yeah. Well, and then when we get to the part, so we get all this going on and we see this one made me laugh really hard. This was the best part um, is calling Dr. Sunshine is on John Languizamo's, um his tortilla. And I was just like, of all the things that you could have, Foot on somebody's like engraved on their tortilla that is what you decided like brilliance like so stupid but funny and then the story we get later is it's why but it's, it's the it's best it's, it's so legit the most
2: petty of everything <laughs> yeah and I, i'm here for that pettiness <laughs>
3: Oh it's it's great. And then um well of course this is okay so Margo has an issue with the bread plate right? So she's like fuck this, I'm not eating this. And so chef, you know, kind of chides her. Then you come back and then she sees this going on of him taking the have like the pictures and she's like he can't take pictures of you without your permission and cuz he put uh Tyler's pictures on uh pictures of him taking pictures on his And she's just like pissed about this. And Tyler obviously is like, oh, this is fine. I just love this. This is great. And um, he starts calling her a child because she doesn't get it. And like, there it goes with the ego again. And he starts talking to shit to her for wanting to send her food back because she's not partaking in this bullshit. So we have two second, like two different sets here back to back where she's just like, I'm not playing this game, assholes. Like, I'm not doing this. And she decides she's going to get up and go to the bathroom. And I love this part because the bathroom, like she goes down, she sees a door and she's like, what's behind that door. And they're like something important. Like, but that's what we're alluded to. And um, she goes into this beautiful bathroom and um, she just like steps up on a toilet, flips the thing. And you see this guy walking with these wings in the background and she's just like up there smoking, like, fuck this. I ain't dealing with this. And chef comes in, which she doesn't think it's him. But I love this because it's like, she really is a thorn in his side. Like she is foiling his plans. And he is, he's, he's offended that she doesn't want to eat his food. And he asks who she is while we're in here. And, um, she says, I'm Margot, And he says, uh, you shouldn't be here tonight. Cause he doesn't believe her. <laughs> and I like that he just keeps calling her on her shit. Is
2: this also the time where no it's not never mind. But uh going back just a little bit to what you're talking about when you're talking about uh John Leguizamo and the calling Dr. Sunshine thing. John Leguizamo wasn't the original mm-hmm. person that this was written for, this role. Um this oh god, okay. I really wish that this would have happened because we've got uh Voldemort as our chef. Um our, okay. our movie star was uh, was written for Daniel Radcliffe Harry Potter <laughs>
3: <laughs> nice okay I could kind of see that but I I like yeah. this play better
0: I
2: think but uh, there's like
0: do we know why he didn't take um,
2: it? I believe it said some, there's two people that were originally cast for this movie that because of pre, uh, because of other um, obligations, they weren't mm. able to. So Daniel gotcha. Radcliffe was going to be the movie star and uh, they were going to com- reference a movie that he was actually in called Victor Frankenstein, I guess, that came out in 2015 and that was going to be like the big, the big mm, flop okay. movie or whatever. And, and then um, okay. Margot's character was originally and she was signed on, but because of other reasons she had to leave. It was Emma Stone. Emma Stone was going to be playing Margot's character, which I I like Emma Stone, but uh, in this movie, yeah, in this movie, so, I think there is no better person to play the role of Margot than Anya Taylor Joy. She embodies this yeah. character perfectly.
3: She does, I agree. I, I If I watched it with Emma Stone, I think I would have been kind of, I don't know. I I I don't. I just can't see it in my head. Just like, I can't really see Mr. Harry Potter going against Voldemort I, against everything oh the menu. The meta, like, like
2: the meta thing of that would have been so great. Mm-hmm. I would have loved that.
3: <laughs> oh my gosh. I think that would take away from the enjoyment of the movie and what it represents because you're too busy what thinking if, about
2: What if uh, that. Emma Watson played Marco? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no that would be too much. <laughs> That's crazy. No, a no
2: line. we're not we're not doing that. That'd okay. be
3: too much. No, we're not we're not having Hold a on, family on. reunion Yay. here from Harry Potter. Oh
2: no, <laughs> fine. Fine.
3: Okay, so fourth course.
2: Uh yeah, so fourth course. Let's see what we got here. Oh, never This never, I have so much never, to talk never, about never. after this.
3: Tell me tell me. Okay. What's fourth course, honey?
2: My phone's being a dick
3: dun dun dun
2: fourth course the mess mm-hmm. jeremy is Julian sous who serves a key purpose in one of the menus movie dishes indeed the fourth course starts with jeremy shooting himself uh, he will never be good enough to be at chef's level as explained by julian in his speech after his body is taken away, the guests are served pressure cooked vegetables, roasted filet, potato confit, beef just, and bone marrow. During this course.
3: Beep, beef oh, jus?
2: Sure. Beef jus. Is it, is it spelled the same? J-U-S-T, what I'm reading. French. Well, yeah, I get that. But what I'm reading just says beef jus.
3: Okay.
0: Anyway. Okay. Just. Yeah, that's a typo. Beef
2: jus and bone marrow. During this course, the menu quickly takes a darker horror turn, which is soon followed by Richard's finger being cut off. The meaning of the mess is simple and clear. The pursuit of culinary perfection to please strangers put chef, puts chefs under tremendous, sometimes lethal pressure.
3: Yeah, that's this scene is the scene. Like, this is where you build up to the storyline and you're like maybe something's not gonna be so bad and then this happens and um it, this is building the intensity and I love it when he's like talking to him and he's like you're good but you're not great and he's talking to Jeremy who created this meal and he kisses him on the cheeks and the guy just pulls a gun out, puts it in his mouth and blows his own brains out. Like when I first saw this movie, my mouth about mm-hmm. hit the fucking floor. And I was like, did they just do that in this movie? Like we had no preamble for this. This is just legitimate, like suicide in front of everybody. And I mean, you can see the character like getting choked up and he's like, he's a little finicky and like you like you don't know if he's just nervous because well, he's like put on the spotlight. But well, then and, like, this how, happens.
2: How Julian is talking to him is that like, but you're you're good but you'll you'll never you'll never be as good as me and it's not even in like a boastful way he's just saying basically how i i look at it when he's talking about that specifically is like i've had certain things happen to me in my life that have gotten me to this point and those were uh was luck or flukes or whatever and you'll never get to be me and then he even says like are you envious of my life? Do you want my life? Do you want my career? And that's when Jeremy's like, no, I don't want it. And he's yeah. just like, take it, take it away. And then boom. One one foul. Yeah. Then, and
3: then, yeah. And then everybody is like freaking out, but my, okay. So I watched the movie the first time and I, my mouth hit the floor and I was like, did that just fucking happen? And then last night, we're sitting in the living room with Maya. And she we she hasn't seen this movie. So we're watching her she's watching this. And she about <laughs> she loses her shit. And she was like, Oh my god. So then today, I just happened to be upstairs when everybody else was watching the scene again. So I got to see it again. <laughs> and everybody, Wesley was in there, uh, and Jet was in there, and Noel I think had already seen it. So, like all these kids are sitting on our little living room and maya of course already saw it last night so we're sitting in there and wesley's eyes are humongous like what just happened jet's face is like hitting the floor he's like (laughs) that did not just happen no it's like i i knew it like this is the moment of that movie that kind of just punches you really hard and kind of sets down this course that is completely different than what we've kind of been on and i love absolutely love that because it it jolts yeah, you. Yeah, it's where
2: the movie mm-hmm. takes its swerve. It, it, everything up till now it's just like a drama, like a weird like dramedy almost. It's like haha, yeah. but there's like a little tension, but whatever. And then this is like boom, first act's over, we're in second act and shit's about to get real. And yeah, so uh
3: And then the husband, he's like, I'm going to leave or he's trying to get like trying to get out of there for his wife because everybody's freaking out. And I love this part, too. He's like, I'm going to do something like he's going to he's going to do something. And she's like, which hand? The, um, Mm. The maitre d' Elsa. She's like so like she's surrounded by these big dudes with knives, basically just like support her. And the older man is like what and she's like which hand are you going to do something with and he was and she he, he, he's just kind of like what again and she's like pick a hand and he doesn't pick a hand and she's like left hand ring finger and they literally put his hand down and they fucking cut his finger off mm-hmm. like right there and the ring falls to the ground and his wife gets on the ground and picks the bloodied ring up and i just thought that was just so smart like he's been a cheater we've confirmed it with the tortillas we confirmed it with tortillas um, we're just we did we did and i i just it's so good and um and then after this happens then chef wants to see margo um And he wants to know if she's with us, like with them, as in like the the rest, the chef and his crew, or he's with the rest of them. Like he's giving her a choice because she doesn't belong there. And I loved this part. Like they're talking, and I think it was in the kitchen at this time, and um, and so she's talking to him, and he's like, "We're all gonna die tonight," and I'm just like, "What?" And and (laughs) while all
2: that's going on, the critic and. All these people, like the people that are up his ass, so like the critic and stuff, are like, "No, that's not real. This is all just theater. Like he's he's putting on." Yeah.
0: As they're carrying away the dead body wrapped in body,
2: and and he's just like, like, "It's part of the menu." And uh, it's at this point, I think, uh, I I think chef just is like, "Eat!" Like just yells out like to him to like commands that they do that, and uh,
3: while she he talks to what's her name. And then my favorite part is do you die with those who give or die with those who take yep. you need to pick i was like that he, was he, powerful. He basically <laughs> like, i don't know
2: if i'm paraphrasing or anything but he basically uses the whole idea of like i know a shit shoveler when i see one like we're the shit shovelers yeah. they're the shitters which are you you know
3: yep well, it's like, we're we're the ones that are serving people and they're taking advantage of us. Are you the server or are you them? And like, uh, he's definitely he, he just keeps kind of uh, oh, like hitting her with that mm-hmm. over and over and over again because he's trying to figure her out, I think. And so like he's pushing her buttons and like his own way, trying to figure her out and. Uh, to get her to make a choice because i think this like i said this makes him uncomfortable that well, yeah, she's because
2: there. he says it was and this whole um, menu was painstakingly put together and she was not part of it and because she's part of it it does yep. this is not my plan this is not what i want
3: well, it kind of makes you feel like he's he's having a hit of like more uh, remorse for it like the decision he's making because he is a moral thing because like this was fine correct, if you because, weren't here because, but correct. you are here because and
2: all of mm, the patrons are being punished for things that have involved him in some way or another and then the staff it, they're not being punished they are basically dying for the cause as it were to to finish the menu as uh, you know like to do this yeah it's for
3: the art it's to it's to have their art basically you know written in yep. history or whatever that's that said that concept so, or whatever so okay next
2: the palate cleanser which is wild bergamot bergamot and red clover tea um So, tea is Mm -hmm. not only a good palate cleanser, but is also a calming drink, which makes sense for it coming after the mess. Um, It may be the most Mm -hmm. normal of the menu's uh, dishes, but this is only to ensure that the guests remain calm for the next part. Even after witnessing Julian, uh, not Julian, Jeremy, even after witnessing Jeremy shoot himself, during this dish, Julian offers his guests his guests a chance to ask him questions as the tea represents the last moment of the calm before the storm. And in this case, he explains that the guests represent ingredients to a bigger concept, foreshadowing the end of the menu and the chef's intention of killing everybody. He explains why he despises every single one of them. This is when uh, we find out why John Leguizamo's character is here. (laughs) And
3: Uh And, and and that one's the one that's just (laughs) what you know i've
2: i've been uh julian in this point where basically he's talking about like you know i it was a sunday it was my first day off in months and i went and saw this movie called calling dr sunshine and it was fucking horrible (laughs) like that's the reason he's here (laughs) to kill him because he ruined his one day off
3: wasted my time (laughs) and he call he calls miss bloom the damn she damages livelihoods and fills the enabler which is her assistant Mm -hmm. he and she he tells her he tells him you enable her like her poor behavior and i love that i like that he calls all of them out so it's not they're not questioning why they're there my
0: favorite was the the married couple when he when he draws attention to them like you've been here 11 times name one thing you've eaten so right there it's showing that they're not there for the experience they're not there to appreciate what he's made it's purely yep. out of abundance
2: yeah they're just like well i guess we can yep. go do that again i guess we can spend twenty five thousand right. dollars on a meal again and
0: i feel like it was twelve hundred not twelve thousand
2: okay, maybe it was maybe that's right then regard
0: I mean, either way, it's but still, still a lot of
2: money, still too much yeah, goddamn right. money for this, but uh, <laughs> yeah, because like he's like, just name one well, thing, and she's like, uh, uh, trout. We had we had, or no, we had cod, we had cod, cod. and he's uh, comes up, it's like, oh, it was cod. He's like, cod, it was spotted trout, you donkeys, <laughs> it was I halibut, but yeah, <laughs> Bitch, I, I'm with them, I don't fucking care.
3: Mm. No. Yeah. Well, and before, during all of this, the dude bros are trying to break out through the glass that's not breakable. And my, I, this lady is such a good actress. Mm. The lady who plays Elsa, she comes over him and she just like lightly escorts <laughs> him back to his table, like, sir, please sit down. Let me help you with your yeah. chair. And she like picks up the chair it and just walks <laughs> it back to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and also during all of this, like, he's also talking about, um, Tyler's character and Tyler's like, I could taste the bergamot in the tea. And like, I'm just well, like, yes, and the look on the Chef's fuck. face. Is well, because there's, there's, there's yeah. all
2: this shit. There's sh- all this shit going on. And like the one question he asks Chef is, is it Bergamot? And fucking Julia just like, yes. Yeah, it's fucking what so,
0: And that's what I'm telling <laughs> you. Like his his complete lack of like seeing what's happening. It's hilarious mm-hmm. <laughs> between him, yep. like, just like going at it with the, the bone marrow course and then drinking the tea and be like, Hmm, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to try to impress you chef. Y- like, yeah. When all this other, like, what the fuck is happening? Well, It's also asked. about this time that the yeah. chef
2: refers to them as, uh, they're all ingredients in the menu. Like all of, all of you are ingredients in my menu.
0: Yeah. And that's why I figured he was so frazzled by Margot was because everything was meticulously planned and she wasn't supposed to be there. I didn't yeah. pick up on like what you were saying Steph, about how, um, he, there might be like a sense of morality with her, um, being there. Like he not wanting her to yeah. like be a part of it. I saw it as like kind of a controlling characteristic of you're not supposed to be here now. What am I supposed to do with you versus you're not supposed to be here. I don't want you to succumb to what's going to happen.
3: I believe that too in the beginning, but since I've watched it, I think that I do see the morality part because the way he treats her And he consistently goes back to her over and over again to converse with her throughout the whole movie that he treats her like she's the conundrum she is but he doesn't treat her poorly like realistically he's just talking to her trying to figure her out and the conversation they have later on in the uh, his office really kind of hits that home for me and um i I think he kind of
2: sees a little bit of himself in her is a big thing
3: oh yeah he's mentioned yeah he mentioned that yeah. So, um, but my other part was, so during all of this, we're talking about the regulars and the angel investor. Um, Doug so they, Varick. I just, this was, Oh my God, this is so, so Doug, smart. Doug Varick and,
2: is the, the investor that owns this Island and everything. And it's the one that the dude yep. bros work for not with. Go yes.
3: On. Yes and they uh uh, hang him up outside like highlighting him over the water with wings and he's hanging we don't see what he's hanging from i'm guessing like it's a crane of some sort sort i I don't really know so yes and he's just there and i think he is like tied up essentially and everybody's like watching this as it ascends into the water and he and the chef is kind of like don't talk like just let me watch like it's almost like he's enjoying the scene and this guy just starts lowering into the water and he drowns and he dies and then um this is when like the chef's talking about there are no substitutions I, that's all my notes there, say but there was something about when, substitutions when, talks he, at when this, this is time. happening
2: and so he's not watching it his back is kind of turned to it his eyes are closed oh, okay. like he's listening to a symphony and he's picking things it's, out because oh, he, he says listen okay. listen and then as Doug like goes under, he's not even watching. He's just like under he goes. Yep, oh, he's like, hearing he it. Yeah. You hear that silence. I'm free.
3: Ah, uh, OK, that makes more sense now. OK, I just know that this scene was like him enjoying what is coming to fruition like his. like he's Severing these ties by literally murdering murdering a man and drowning him to death, which again, kind of dark and twisty, but kind of also awesome. And so <laughs> And I saw it as he once again didn't
0: appreciate what the chef made. Because didn't he mention at one point that's where like the no substitutions come from. Like he would come to my restaurant, he would want yes, something off the it. menu that was like different. He didn't want what I made him and he would always do substitutions. Yep. So I see this part as hilarious because he's just like pounding on the glass. <laughs> Like, we don't make <laughs> substitutions. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and,
2: and I get that. That's like true. when when you are at the level that Julian is and stuff, um, you you're going to get what they make. Like, it's not that you're going like, oh, I'm gonna go get the the tacos or whatever. Like the point is like, this guy's supposed to be a great chef. Like that's why he's getting paid what he's getting paid and why he's got all these accolades and stuff. Like he's going to make what he wants and it's gonna be fucking amazing. And to just complete like uh, Doug, uh, Doug Varick is just like, I don't fucking care. Just make me what I want. And it's just really a shitty way. Like, why even bother having this guy here? Like, you're squandering his talents and stuff like that. And it's just showing more and more how uh, Julian is becoming disillusioned by his own fame, by his own talents, all this stuff. And he has lost his love.
3: I I don't look. I don't. Yeah. He's lost his love. I think that what's, what's really happening here is that people are robbing him of his art form by trying to change him and not allowing him to embrace what he really wants. So he's no longer getting joy out of this because people aren't appreciating his art yeah. for what it is. And therefore he is becoming cynical over it because he's like, I want to do this thing. I make this art for other people to enjoy, but people are fucking dick bags. They're not enjoying it. Therefore I am losing my joy in creating for people. And then those they motherfuckers want to come in and tell me how I'm supposed to create. This is a perfect, an, a perfect explanation for literally anybody who does well, art yeah, for a living. He, he even and says like,
2: that he tries to please those who can't be pleased.
3: Yes. And I think that's the point of it. So instead of him uh, at this point, he's lost his joy because there he's, there's no, like he obviously likes to do what he does, but at the same time, he's creating it for an audience. Like, like, it's not just for himself and he's not getting anything out of it anymore because people are ruining this experience for him by trying to a not appreciate him and to controlling him and i feel that so hard sometimes cuz my job so i get it and that's i think that's why i resonate with this movie so much even though i would never want to murder a Lies. bunch of people but this is uh, <laughs> this was that that's why i like this a lot i thought it would hit for most people who could understand um the what he's going through emotionally but just being an artist so it's,
2: at the, it's at this point that Margot goes to chef's quarters and this is when chef is asking so have you made your decision are you part of the staff are you part of the the shitty like the shitty elite that are out there
3: he calls them he calls them the okay. shit shovelers yeah,
2: like that's where it is so he does actually use that
3: yep yeah yeah and then they're sitting there and they're talking and he's like you know the guy that's in there and she, This is. I know. Yeah. Can I'm, you hear them? Can we? I can. T-
2: What's that? Can you hear them?
3: Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I'll, go- I'll go take care of it. Right. You tell the story.
2: It's. It, it's going to be fine. ugly. You'll I'm warning you now. There's. It's all right. Fucking above my head. Oh. And we had a very specific conversation that this is not going to fucking mm. happen. And. And, and I can happened. hear multiple people. It doesn't sound like it's just one person. Oh. So. We'll 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 just wait because I can cut all this.
0: Okay. How to turn this down? What
2: are you trying to turn down?
0: My light. I have a ring light camera.
2: Oh okay. Was... Is it too is it too bright? Is that your problem?
0: Yeah, like I feel very washed well, out as the sun goes well, are down. are
2: you using? White light or warm? Yeah. White. You don't use white
0: is the other option
2: is the ring. Can you lay something over the ring that won't block the camera? Because um, no. that's what you need. You just need to diffuse it a bit.
0: I need to sit back further.
2: All right. Are they murdered? Are they properly murdered.
3: Sit. I walked up there and first thing I said, I said, do you want to die now or do you want to die later? And they were like, of what? And I'm like, yeah, what are What are you doing? Well, what? Uh, yeah, you're running through the fucking house, dudes. Like, let's not do this. We had this conversation. Oh, oh, okay. I,
1: I was
2: going to say, I could tell, like, <laughs> that. it was so fucking noticeable. Like, I could tell it was more than one person. It was just, like, the dogs and multiple people. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? It's been happening through the recording. And I could tell it was, like, one. And it's like, okay, fucking chill. But this was just, like, a cavalcade going. I'm like, are you fucking serious?
1: Yeah. Okay. So, yeah.
2: So, yeah. Uh, the... The sh- so we'll start from so the shitsters and then uh, this is when we find out. Uh, this is when we find out that Margot is a sex worker and has. Uh, that's how she knows the old man and everything.
3: Well, and she doesn't want to talk about it because he was like oh it's something bad right and she's like no she's like he j- <laughs> just this is very matter of fact she's like no he just wanted me to like something about masturbating while i sat there but the really weird part about it was that he wanted uh to me to tell him he was a good dad because he she looks like his daughter yeah. like cr- creep factor times a thousand Like. It's one thing to have a guy masturbate in front of you. It's another thing to, you know.
2: God knows so I've had weird. my fair share of men masturbating in front of me.
3: That's <laughs> nice to know. Thank you for sharing. This
2: has been my TED Talk.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's, it. That's it.
2: Welcome to my TED Talk. Uh, yeah. So um, yeah. my my notes get kind of strange here. So I'm just going to start reading them and you jump in. Uh, my next line is, mom got that wine because mom is at this point, just get,
3: Oh, she pours, she pours a big glass of wine and then they cut to them basically going outside for the next course, um, which is ran by, it looks like Catherine Keller. Is that her name? Catherine, Catherine. Yeah. She's another sous chef. Yep. Yes. And, um, this is her telling her story on how our chef tried to get with her and then treated her like dog shit when she, uh, basically but rebuffed his advances or however you want to say it she didn't want to didn't want to do him and he was not happy about that and uh this was called the this i love this this is so fun the name of this course is called the man's folly and um she basically chef is like understanding that he was shitty behavior and she takes a knife and stabs him in the leg or i mean uh, uh, sorry it's kitchen shears that's right so it's very similar to what he did to his and it's dad the same. It's in
2: taco night tacos it's the exact same scissors yep um
3: yep so sh- she stabs him in the leg with it and he and um and he apologizes to her for his
2: yep. so man's folly which is dungeness crab uh, um Umboshi, yogurt way and kelp uh for the sixth of the menu's uh, movie dishes. Everybody is invited to leave the restaurant and step outside on the island. This dish is not introduced by Chef Julian, but our sous chef, Catherine. In her speech, she recalls how, what you said, uh, his advances and stuff. As for the course itself, it's called Man's Folly and is only served to the women. As the female guests are led back into the restaurant, the men are given the opportunity to escape showing How willing they are to run away and selfishly abandon their close friends, bosses, or significant others at their tables from the the Dungeness crab to the fermented yogurt, the women feast on the representation of the pretentious insecurities of toxic men made with mostly ingredients from the sea. It also symbolizes the futility of trying to escape. As these men go running off into the woods and stuff and are given, like, a 45-second head start, um, most of them run off, except for Tyler. Tyler's just, like, hanging out with the women. <laughs> and it's like...
0: I like, I want to see Yeah, they're like,
2: no, you yeah. go as well. he's like, oh, okay. And he just kind of walks off. You never see him get captured because I'm pretty sure, like, they just got him and he comes back. The uh, ass-sucker of the critic, though, is the last one found. And um, <laughs> he is... He's given, like, this, like... Egg dish because he's also found in a hen house. <laughs>
0: and it, yeah, I love the how the window throat. just comes down with a hand. Yep, and it, yeah. It's
2: Elsa. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's Elsa again. She like no.
3: No, I don't I don't it's know I it, it was somebody else. It was a guy. Because the guys were chasing, the guys were the ones That's that right. were chasing the guys. But Nick, I
0: think you're right. Um, Tyler doesn't go far because you see him like peering in the window while
1: the women are eating. <laughs> no, no I didn't catch see that. that. Yeah.
3: No. Yeah. No. That's to a window of him just like looking through. Well, at the end, when he's talking to Margot, he's like, "What did you have?" Like he was, like, he's just wants mm-hmm. to eat all right. the foods. But uh, so these women are sitting around this table, and I love this. Like you think it's gonna be like this kumbaya feel because they're like these women just hanging out but then the critic lady is like this is so good because it's the shoe chef um her dish her creation her dish and so she's trying to like ask us you know trying to say like well maybe she'll let me go maybe you know i can get you a restaurant i can do all of these things and we just, i
2: it's just, we just just have to funny. get rid of the killing everybody at the end part right and and that's <laughs> yeah. when the shoe yeah. chef is like that was my idea <laughs>
3: yeah Yeah, it doesn't work if you all live, is what she says. And I was just like, "Holy shit, this lady's dark." But but what's better about this is that when this uh, critic starts giving her like, basically patting her on the back for her uh, mastery in the the in the kitchen, she gets teared up and like has to have a moment to herself. And then all the other women are like, "Yeah, it's great, so (laughs) good," and they're like they're like egging like it's almost like this weird like women. In a fucked up way, uplifting other women yeah. in a very shitty situation while the guys are outside running from other men. And it's like getting caught in the water trying to get away. Yeah. And like they're all coming back all fucked up. And like, uh and Joggle Leguizamo's character, when he comes back inside and he was like, oh, I failed, I tried. He's like, he's just hopping and puffing. And I was like, this is so good. I, I like the scene a lot. It was, yeah, one, of it the was dude, interesting. one of the dude bros know, has commandeered
2: like a little like digging raft kind of thing. Like, fucking hunt him down or dragging him into on shore so he's like nah,
3: yeah. nah. <laughs> <laughs> and when this is also when we find out that Margo's name yep, isn't really Margo her name is Aaron
2: but uh yeah. so then all the men are are ushered back into the restaurant and everything and this is when chef walks up to Tyler and asks why are you here and uh Tyler says I, I want to experience your food and yep. uh This is when Julian kind of lets the cat out of the bag a little bit here. Margo's sitting at the table while Aaron we will call her Margo though. Uh, Margo sitting at the table table there with Tyler and says like, well, you knew that everyone was going to die at the end of this. And Margo's like, what like what the fuck and
0: oh that's that's not exactly how it happened she climbs across the table and, across the table punches, and punches him in, in, in the mouth. i was
2: getting that yeah. bad, but like you, you get this like oh. what and yeah. he's like yeah you know like and then yeah uh this scene wasn't actually written in the script of her crawling over the table and punching him in the mouth that was anya taylor joy saying like this is what would fucking happen and she's right
3: right that's the That's true. That's what I would have done. That's true. Like he sentenced her to death because he, because of his ego and he wanted to experience this with this chef. And the chef tells him like, I gave, he gave Tyler access to his world and like, over these months basically knowing this leading up to this so it's not like he just randomly found out like he's known this for an extensive period of time so he could have direct access into the chef's world like he's been sharing the menu with him from the what it sounded like he's been sharing all these things with him and that in itself is very eerie. I mo-
2: like I think the most evil person that. in this movie is Tyler because mm-hmm. because he is. is the only one, he's the only one that knows how this is all gonna play out. And
3: besides correct, the other coops.
2: but like he's the only he's the only patron that knows how this is all gonna play out. And instead of showing up on his own and being seen in the chef's eyes as like, oh, your girlfriend dumped you or whatever. He takes it upon himself to get a hold of a sex worker and basically just be like, You're, you're exposable, like, or disposable. We can just bring you and it doesn't fucking matter. And that's,
0: he had to have somebody else. Chef doesn't do tables oh, of one. Okay, yeah, what he okay. says. So it's he not so that. much about like an ego oh, thing as it is like I missed that. If he wanted to come, he had to have somebody. So he picked a sex worker. His girlfriend broke up with him. I'm assuming because he maybe spilled the beans or whatever. That's what
2: it is in a dumb somebody. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he had okay. to bring her along to come.
2: He should have brought his. He should have brought his. Yeah. like a friend. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I just, I, I just, yeah. I, it's, it's so It just deplorable. shows how
0: bad of a person he is because he sees her as, like you said, yeah. disposable mm-hmm. disposable. I know, same I did same the same fucking thing.
3: Well, and so then the other part is like he's standing there and he's like cooks belong in the kitchen. Like he's like ramping up Tyler's character. Like
2: you notice the bergamot in this. Like oh yeah, Mm -hmm.
3: yeah. You Mm -hmm. notice the bergamot. You've been talking to me for all these months. I've let you into my world, and he's like, let's see what you can do. And chef is uh, kind of like condescending to him in like a low key way. No, he's straight
2: up. This is a cat playing with his food.
3: Mm-hmm. It is, but it's not in that like diabolical way in the sense like I it's think in it your is face. like Tyler, but nobody well, else. Tyler is it, on it, Tyler at least, isn't, in my he's opinion? So, well, because it's so definitely not
2: everybody else knows exactly like he is fucking like so, so like, oh yeah, like we're, let's just get this chef's jacket out for you and like his the way right. he's approached. Oh, yes. Um
3: he put my favorite is he puts the chef's jacket on and he brings out the marker and makes it like this big show. And he's like mm-hmm. writing his name on the white chef's jacket, Tyler, and like, you know, mm-hmm. print words. And like, and then the mom from her corner is like, handsome boy. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. And um,
2: this is where Julian's just like, so it, just looks him straight in the face. And is like cook. And he's like, what? And he's like, you're yeah. a cook cook he's like uh okay and he's just like basically cracking that whip and he's like uh you're just gonna show us what's up let's you know you're you know all this shit like fucking gather around like gathers around all the crew everything all right uh we'll we'll help we'll you know you're the chef we're we're your sous chefs tell us what you want and he oh, this is so, so in like i couldn't imagine being in this but he's just like uh shit shit and and julian's like shit do you, do you want some shit is that what you're <laughs> is that what you need for your dish <laughs>
0: and when he's commenting on how he's chopping the the shallots the shallots, <laughs> the, the that shallots. Must be a is new this... way that I haven't seen
2: yes, Tyler, Tyler is is previewing this this long lost way of chopping shallots that we just have not been yeah. witness to before
3: right well he cut he cuts leeks first right and then he's like cutting these shallots doesn't even take the outside skin off it's just is insanity the leeks. they're full of sand like yeah it's gonna be yeah. a mess and then he like was it a lamb and he just like throws it into a pan <laughs> and then it's like it's it's, it's, it's done. done it's done because he's like it's is done. it done
2: and is there, i can't even remember exactly how it is but he's just like i, I think it's done he's like you you think it's done <laughs> he's just like you as a chef you know it's done like it's one of those things he's like i, I I think it's done. It's like, oh, great.
3: Yeah. This was the hardest part, honestly, in the movie to watch. And that sounds weird considering everything that happens. It's not mine because it makes me highly uncomfortable. I feel his discomfort in this. And I think that's why it's so well acted and it is so good in the movie. But I physically am just cringing, just thinking about this going on in somebody's life. And he deserves it. Don't get me wrong. I'm on the other side of the
2: fence. I'm like, I wish I could put somebody through this that fucking poses this, like just talks out their ass all the time. Time. so you get to see julian actually impose it's like okay it's uh put up or shut up time show like like uh step up or shut up kind of thing
0: yeah and like where i yeah. said i see myself in tyler i definitely don't go that oh, no, this far is you. to where this... like i think i'm as good as a chef like, <laughs> this is you never you, said, you said i'll never say i've worked in a
2: <laughs> i think that you said um i'm changing my name said... legally to tyler beast renfield
0: I said, I see my—I see a little bit all of myself of your, at the beginning of the, of the movie. All of yourself,
2: specifically in the scene
0: oh my god but shut up honey. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to the like um the breakdown of the meal but this is my favorite description <laughs> it
3: says, oh yes at the end Tyler's when meal. they bring
0: it up Tyler's bullshit under bullshit. undercooked lamb in shallot leek butter sauce <laughs> utter, <laughs> utter lack of cohesion <laughs> so great <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is that is so good and if this was yeah. a planned. i guess part of the menu i think he says that he's like they're basically going off the cuff here so we're we're adding a new course to yeah, the it venue, says although so. this
2: was not in, uh intentionally included among the dishes in a twist it is revealed that tyler knew he was you know whatever he knew all along um, yeah so Julian humiliates Tyler making him cook while everybody is observing and calling his food of undercooked lamb and in, edible sauce terrible uh, it's at this point that uh, Julian then like after they show off the meal and everything like in the food networky kind of style uh, Julian leans in says something to Tyler and Tyler takes his jacket off and walks off and we are left to wonder where where did Tyler go where
3: but before but before all of this, he says, you are why mystery is drained from all art. He's talking about Tyler and how he's the know-it-all and how you're the reason that it, this is why well, things yeah, are the that way yeah, it's that they
2: whole are. idea of, like, removing the magic of anything. Like, I just have to know everything about everything. And it just removes the mystique of it and, like, what makes it interesting. If you, if you just see how all the mechanisms work, it's just not as fantastical or whatever if you know everything Mm -hmm. but
3: yes and he he leaves we we got that and then it says Margot goes to talk to chef that's what i have in my notes after this
0: is is that when they're starting to get ready for dessert and chef sends her off to go find a barrel and that's when she goes to the she goes to the smokehouse, and this is what i'm talking about with like so we didn't know she was there did he set her up to go get this barrel because like what elsa talked about when they come into the house so she goes in and she finds a knife and i wonder if he knows he knows elsa so well that it will play out the way that it did
3: play out I don't I yeah I don't know like it's it was very interesting because it's like he's there there there's the three of them in the hallway there is a dead body hanging uh of Of Tyler Tyler who has now how now how's now hung himself in a room I'm believing it's like chef's office um and they're all standing Elsa chef and Margo are standing in this back area and he's like I need you to go to the smokehouse and he and he makes Elsa, give her the key. Like, Elsa seems like she's going to butt in like, um, well, I can go do it kind of thing. And he's like, he's basically rebuffing her and like, no, I said, this is what I said, do this. And so I don't know, like, yeah, she goes and does all of these things and she ends up at his house and she ends up with a knife and all of that. But like, I don't know if he, I honestly don't know. Like, that's the only weird part about this movie is like, what was the purpose of this? Like, why did he want her to do that? I think it's specifically
2: that. that uh he's basically making it that she's a servant no no more than they are and he's giving her a job to do now. She's part of it.
0: But he lied.
2: What did he lie about?
0: Do you remember like so he lied. So okay, I'll take you through this part. So goes ends up going to the smokehouse, gets the knife. She gets curious and goes into the chef's house and sees the pictures of um, Lillian on, like like Lillian's review is on there. And then it pans to him as like a burger chef when he was younger. And then yeah. and then she runs into well, Elsa. They get into a before that. That was before that though. It was Elsa and her fight before oh, yeah, she well, sees in, the burger. Thing- okay. Well, at any rate, Elsa mentions that. I won't be replaced. He didn't tell me about the, I didn't forget. He didn't tell me about the barrel. So yes. it's not even so much that he, he's necessarily giving Margo a job, but it seems There's, like in that, that he like, does he know Elsa well enough that this would transpire I think this it's way.
2: more that maybe mm-hmm. it was going to be somebody else that was going to do it. And he just pushed it off to uh, Margo. And then Elsa being the overachiever and everything is, takes it as well, what? He could have told me, why didn't he tell me? And I will not be replaced. And I don't think that's what he's trying to do at all. He's just giving her a job to do. And Mark or uh, Elsa takes it upon herself to be like, I'm being replaced. This is something that he would have normally like everything. So pre-planned and all this stuff. Maybe it was something that, you know, somebody else was going to get, we later find out what the keg is or the barrel, but yeah. So then,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But chef lies and says like, she forgot to do this. Does, I need you to go do this. Marco. Does
2: he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember him saying that she forgot to do it because she like,
3: he does say that he's like, he, I don't know if he said she forgot to do it, but she, he might've, when he was like, the barrel wasn't basically gotten and I, he might've said oh. that she forgot it because then she reiterates why well, I didn't forget right. it. Cause okay. he didn't
0: tell
2: I, me. Yeah.
3: So that's what I mean about like the puppet master component of it. Mm -hmm. But part of me was also like, is this his way of wanting her to get free? And he's giving her the keys to go and leave um, essentially. But I, that was my question especially when we first watched right. it it was like this yeah. is a way of like getting you get, giving her the go-ahead well, um, also, to run away i mean it's they're also on a an test island, for her but... though
2: because uh when he go when she goes to that house and stuff she finds a radio which we'll get to in a little bit and he calls her out about that shit so it could have been just like a test kind of thing but uh so yeah like she's there uh at the house and everything we see that his home kitchen is basically a like Restaurant grade kitchen. Uh, Elsa gets all pissed. Knife fight ensues, and it's uh, it comes to the point where Margot ends up killing Elsa with the knife that it's like a it looks almost like a bread knife or something. And uh, yeah, it
0: looks like okay. a fillet knife, like carving, to me. Okay. yeah, like because it, it was in the
2: smoke oh, right on. So Smokehouse. then uh, Margot goes and starts kind of checking out the house she finds what i guess is chef's bedroom and that's where you're talking about all the different places like the review from the critic and all this stuff no
3: No, his bedroom is right off the the kitchen. You see the bed and all of the stuff is very barren, just like it was in the place earlier in the movie where you saw where they live. So the only thing that's opulent in this house, other than it's nice on the outside, is his kitchen. Everything else is bare bones. And so you kind of go into this room and this room is more like a museum of like, you said it was his bedroom.
2: It's his bedroom, it's his bed. And then on the walls, there's just a couple things. It's not like-
3: i think his bedroom i think his bed is in the living room
2: so Mm -hmm. it is is.
3: it's off to the left whatever Yeah. Yeah.
0: anyway
2: but uh yeah so like it's a museum to himself and everything that's what i've got written down but um the big thing is uh where do i've got it here uh
3: hamburger howie yeah
2: like but there's more to it than just that um so, a newspaper article in the chef's room shows that he once worked at a restaurant uh, called Tantalus. Tantalus is the name of the character in uh, Greek mythology. He, inv- he invited the gods to his home for dinner, but tricked them into eating a stew made from the meat of their own sons, whom he had murdered and Damn. dismembered in order to test their... Uh, omniscience. When the gods realized what he had done, they cursed Tantalus to stand in a shallow pool of water under a fruit tree. Anytime he would raise his hand for fruit, the tree branches would rise beyond his reach, and anytime he would bend down to drink the water, the water would reside. Much the same way, the chef has served the elite, the gods, and sacrificed his dream, his craft, and now all food and drink is meaningless to him. So that's the name of the restaurant that the critic talks about and stuff.
3: Okay. The one where she made mm-hmm. made him, you know, whatever she said uh, because of his yeah. chicken. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. That but makes then also,
2: sense. Also, and then,
3: and then, yeah, it we goes find to the out
2: other the room. chef uh, hails from Waterloo, Iowa, home of the infamous serial killer John Wayne Gacy. Both had working class alcoholic fathers who frequently beat them. Chef started his career making fast food cheeseburgers. John Wayne Gacy started his career making Kentucky Fried Chicken. Margo eats the burger and fries that Chef makes and assisted cooking for before she leaves. John Wayne Gacy's last meal before he was executed was French fries and a bucket of fried chicken from KFC.
3: Oh, okay um yeah and in that room we also see the picture of him making his hamburger Howie's employee of the month picture of him as chef when he was younger and he's smiling in this picture which i love because you don't see him smile
2: in no movie, really. it, it bear like i mean it's obviously him and whatever but it's not the same person like um the the chef that you see before you in the movie is a broken man. And in that you can see that he's still like has hopes and dreams and.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, she finds a radio in there and calls out to get help and before this which is we missed this part which isn't like a whole bunch but we were talking about um with uh when margo goes to the ha- to the smokehouse when he leaves her and chef re-enters the the area where all the uh people are and the actor addresses chef and he was like do you want to know why you're being punished so this is the time we actually find out about how he saw the movie of the doctor calling doctor sunshine movie and how he hated it and how what we had just talked about earlier. And then that's when the assistant was, he was like, what about her with the assistant? Because she isn't like necessarily bad. And he, and then he was like, Oh, okay. Well, where do you go to school? And she's like Brown. And he was like, okay. And he was like, do you have any school debt? And she's like, no, he's like, you still die. Shame. I like that. and I love that. Yeah. It was great. So, uh, she calls on that radio, but we don't see any of that. So we don't know what the conversation is. It cuts back to us being in the building with all of the patrons customers. And it's a birthday for one of the dude. As Margo
2: is allowed to leave at the end of the menu, it becomes clear. She is different from the other guests as Julian asks Margo for help, uh, with the dessert. So, um, where is it whether this was previously planned or just a way to buy some time before margo returns it's simply hilarious to see the murderous staff giving a guest a cake and even singing the birthday song like a normal restaurant there's no Mm -hmm. other reason to it than that like it's just like oh because one of the guys is like yeah we called ahead and said it was your birthday so they ended up making a birthday cake for him and they're just like what the fuck is going on Mm -hmm. so um the birthday cake has entered the chat and then Margot shows up and has the barrel.
3: But she comes in badass style. She like comes carrying this motherfucker and she's like, kicks it. She's like, fuck this. Here's your Roll shit. Kitchen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. She's like, take your shit. I love that. Cause it was like, I'm, I'm following your orders, but I'm not following. Well, your orders." Like, I guess. There's
2: a line. I can't remember exactly what stem like starts him to talk about this or whatever. But Julian makes a statement about like, I am a monster. And he's like, was i am a whore like he's like referring to the fact that like you know he is monstrous and like what he's doing but he's it's 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 not that like i'm i'm being used like that's kind of like how i read it from that Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. where are we at
3: a boat arrives and they have to pretend like nothing is amiss. Um, because the Coast Guard Dale comes to visit So she, her call goes through And he comes and shows up and Chef's like Having a conversation with them and is like Do you want to be the person that and makes An innocent man die because you don't sit here And pretend like everything's okay And although as if like somebody wouldn't Walk in and see all these people fucked up Because like they were out running in the woods and like all of These things and we got a guy missing a finger Like all of that um, but they have to Pretend this and Chef like Lights it on pretty thick like you know
2: play play the and, part or I'm um, gonna kill him is essentially what he's saying
3: yeah right. yeah do you do you want to kill and him in yeah when the guy comes and... in
2: he like asks like may anyone call for 911 and everyone's just kind of silent and everything and then he notices across the way uh, he sees John Leguizamo's character and he's like, hey, are you, are you? And John like was, I was like, yep, yep, I'm that guy. I'm that guy. Like, you notice me. He's almost like, uh, like you. They're like, oh, maybe you can save us in a way, like in his head. You can see it like, oh, he, this dude notices me. Maybe this is my way out. And uh, the boat captain comes up to him. He's like, oh, man, I, my wife and I loved you in that, that movie, uh, calling Dr. Sunshine. Can I get your autograph? And he's like, oh, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, totally. sign.
0: No chef it like insists that Dale gets his autograph oh, yeah. and makes it really awkward, That's right.
3: yeah, and he and chef is the one that gives them the pen right, so this is where this is where in the movie where we were talking like what does he know or what doesn't he know right. because uh we find out uh you know spoiler here, uh Dale, the guy that shows up, is actually part is in on it, and he isn't actually uh like the Coast Guard guy, or if he is, he's not actually like. Like there to get in anybody trouble, like or to help anybody. So obviously the call goes through, and he has that radio in his though, house, and he has—he knows she has the key. The thing key though about that this. kind of radio, so, like, though, and
2: I didn't notice until I was doing research because I thought it was like a, a lot, like shortwave radio that could get out there. It isn't. It's just like it's like a basically. Like a- it, for the yeah, it's a short it's, a, it's like a cb oh, okay. kind of thing so the only like as much as they think or she thinks that like she's able to like call out it's no the only person that you're actually going to be able to get a hold of is our guy like on the boat that's like probably just patrolling or whatever even so yeah okay, it's, that makes it's sense. not like by happenstance okay. or anything like it's straight up like well this he probably uses it to contact other people on the island just you know it's easier to do that than lay phone lines and stuff but but
3: okay okay that makes more sense Mm -hmm.
2: but uh yeah uh so when that's all going on uh the boat captain starts walking away and he goes to look at his autograph that he got and it says i believe it's just as like help us or you know something to that degree and he turns around they're all like he's like points the gun at the at, uh Julian and is like put your hands up and everything and everyone's like yeah yeah he fucking did it he's you know he's the guy he's fucking crazy all this stuff and um the captain uh, the captain takes his gun, like starts pointing it at the the birthday guy, and starts walking up closely. And then he, you find out that the gun's actually a lighter. He lights the birthday cake candle, and we find out that the captain was actually part of the kitchen staff as he disrobes and puts on a chef's jacket and goes into the kitchen to start working. And this is where we get our uh, final course, or we get ready to get our mm-hmm. final course, anyhow, because at this point we're getting ready to. But Margot collapse. So Margot is taking on like she's like I'm commanding this room in a way. So all, every every single time that a, a course has happened, the chef has clapped, and now we're getting a supplemental course. So,
3: yep. And Margot, she stands like she's like I don't like your food, and I would like to send it back. Like she is standing. Yeah, her she's like ground.
2: I'm still hungry everything you've given me has been kind of garbage and i want a cheeseburger like it goes it's a little more nuanced but like she's he's like what what you want so it's like yeah i want a cheeseburger it's like how
3: well no she's talking about how you for starters you took the joy out of eating because the whole thing it was like pretentious bullshit and then when i eat your food it tastes as if it has made with no love and he was like no we all know that the ingredient of of all food the main ingredient is love and she's like no you cook like uh, you cook with obsession you do not cook with love. And he is like d- riveted by her in a weird way. When I, when I watch it, cause I just rewatched that part today and I love this part. And, um, and then he's like, you know what I'd really like? And he's like, what? And he, she's like, well, what do you have? And he's like, we have everything. And she's like, I want a cheeseburger, uh, a real cheeseburger. And then they, he's like, I'll make you the cheeseburger. Your parents could have never afforded, or that your parents could barely afford. And like the, the greasy, you know, diner burger concept and he's like, do you want, like, what did he say, julienne or crinkle cut fries? And we don't know until she gets served with the meal what he what's been chosen. But like you watch him get this joy of just making this very basic, delicious fucking looking burger. And I love the simplicity of this because it breaks down how just it's just a burger, guys. Like it's not fancy food. It's not pretentious. It's about as simple as you can get. And, um, he's smiling as he's cooking it. And I think that's the first time
2: that we ever get any uplifting music too. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is is the first time that you get any of that because like, so when he's asking like her order and stuff, it's very, it's basically his mannerisms and stuff come way back to, instead of being this elite chef, it's very much, uh, coming up to the table with a pen and pad, like, uh, how would you like your burger? Medium. What kind of cheese? Yep. American cheese. Oh, well, that's, that's the best cheese for a burger. It melts, it melts without breaking. Yep. Like it's, and then he just goes back, you get this kind of uplifting mu- music as he's smashing down some burgers and everything. It comes out on a nice sesame seed bun with some crinkle cut fries. And, uh, yeah, like, uh, I got that burger looks so good. And Anya agrees. Margot uh, takes a bite out of it and chef's like, so is it good? She's like, Not bad. And, uh, she has resurfaced his love for cooking that in a way, like, this is like the first time that he's had joy cooking. He doesn't say it, but you can tell, like, this is the first time that he's enjoyed cooking for mm-hmm. someone and, um, many, many years. And he says, thank you for dining at Hawthorne. Uh, and she's like, thank you for everything. Uh, and enjoy your gift bag, uh, goodies, Barrett's Barrett's finger. Like, like there's like, that's different. Oh, that, that's yeah.
0: She asks, yeah, she asks for the burger to go, almost as like yep. a little nod to, so can can I, can I go while everyone else here gets murdered? Correct. And he lets her go, and I think he let, and that's the time where like before I can't remember exactly what I said before, but oh, like the morality, I feel like he doesn't decide to f- to let her live until he she gets she calls him out and like brings him back to reality. Like giving him his love of cooking back, at least for that moment was her reward, and her reward for that is to be able to live.
3: Yes. Well, I, my favorite part about that is he almost has this innocence to him at this point. Like he has this like shy waiting to see if she loves it, feel Mm -hmm. like what you would have if you're feeding somebody, something that you've made with love that you, that you really want them to enjoy. And he, he's like, you know, biting his nails, not really, but like that says he's waiting for it. And she even says now that is a cheeseburger. Like it's like, uh, or maybe he says that, but, and then she's like, well, I, you know, with like what you said to go, like, she was like, oh my, she doesn't just be like, can I leave? she's like, I think my stomach was, my eyes are a little bit bigger than my stomach. Like she plays that up. Like, I don't really, I'm not leaving and taking this with me, um, because I'm running away, which we know she is, but she's just playing it up. Like, Oh, I, I, I can't eat anymore. Right. And I love that. Um, but yeah, I think that you kind of get that light bulb moment from him. And he's like, she puts a $10 bill on the table and Takes a little doggy bag he makes for her, and with the the gift bag that got, has the it's stuff got in it, locally sourced and, granola,
2: um, and then he starts.
3: That's for the other. Yeah, people. but he starts
2: like he gives her that, and then he starts oh. saying like, "Don't forget your gift bags," you know, with locally sourced granola. Yep. Uh, one of Barrett's fingers, <laughs> which is which I is like the that. husband yeah. that got his finger cut off and everything, so she she yeah. ends up leaving, and it's at this point that we we get onto the dessert course which uh the dessert course is s'mores so while mm-hmm. while this is going on so i've got a couple different things i need to i need to kind of get at because this is all happening at the same time he's had he's talking to them about you know how all of these gross items this like highly processed chocolate and this horrific horrific marshmallow fluff and Yes. that you would agree with um, all these things that <laughs> uh when brought together through fire make a delectable confectionary uh thing and uh he like while he's doing saying this the the staff is fitting every like putting these marshmallow <laughs> vests on people and putting like mm-hmm. marshmallow chocolate hats on like l- n- not fake real things and uh He says, you represent the ruin of my art and my life. Now you get to be part of it. Mm -hmm. And that's my favorite quote of his, is the fact that like you all are here because you have ruined everything that I have loved. I used to love to cook and because of your pompous bullshit, I can no longer. you have ruined my love for the only thing that I love. Because when he's talking to yeah. Jeremy earlier during the mess and everything, he's basically talking about like, this is all I've ever done. And not just like, all I've ever done is cook. I have like, you know, 20 hour days, like all this crazy stuff, basically saying like, in a way like, you know, no time for family, no time for relationships, this is everything. And when this is everything and like the population that you, you serve, do not appreciate it. They or are overly critical for no real reason other than for their own selfish reasons and stuff like that. There's there's nothing left. I fuck this. I'm we're going out in a blaze of glory, and you're coming. Fucking you want You want to fucking be? You want to say that you know me, or you want to say that your review of my stuff is what made me, and that's more. You're more important than what I've done. Fine then you can you can be part of my last dish so as they're fitting them with that they're doing like the spoon swipes of stuff like on the floor and like the whole the whole dining area and stuff is basically decorated as if it were a plate
3: mm-hmm. it's beautiful like it's really well yeah, got... together. <laughs> even though it's is like their last yeah
2: so uh, after everybody pays the staff prepares the final course Um, s'mores may be a simple course even called boring by chef but it is often associated with childhood innocence and good memories innocence out of the menus movie dishes this was also the most epic a fitting finale for everyone involved ironically the dish ends everybody's life with the fire necessary to make the s'mores killing everybody and destroying the restaurant after all, as explained multiple times throughout the menu, Chef Julian's plan only works if the guests died. So what he ends up doing is he they're he pour they're pouring like basically like alcohol on the the patrons. Yeah. He pours it on onto himself and basically is saying like. Uh, that he's going to purify them through fire and brace the flame uh, It cuts to like Margot on the boat. And she's just on that boat that came earlier and everything.
3: Well, he's talking about rebirth and like, this is our, where we're starting from scratch again, essentially. And the woman, this is where like, when Margo leaves, this is where my turnaround for the wife is where, um, so when Margot leaves originally and she's walking out like hesitant because she's feeling guilt because she's leaving all these people behind, uh, the woman basically just shoes her away. And is like, go like, get away from here. And then, so she holds no anger towards her for being with her husband. She wants her to escape. But then in this scene, and this is what I, and it gives me chills just thinking about it as chef is standing there and he's got a hot coal, I think in his hand, but he pulls directly from the fire. He is giving him the speech about the purifying and all of this. And the woman, when he finishes, she thanks him. She says, thank you and then the motherfucker well, drops the coal and I, i'm just like
2: as he gets ready what? to drop the coal he says we must be cleansed like martyrs and heretics again another yeah. another nod to like the religious undertones of this film and mm-hmm. stuff like that chef yep. burns with the s'mores he's basically the catalyst of it which i think is beautiful so he drops it mm-hmm. which he then erupts into flame and the flame follows the alcohol to all of the patrons as they then become s'mores. They begin to burn. Uh, the catch, the kitchen staff begins to burn. The I believe it's the the barrel that they brought brought in. It looks yeah. like maybe it was like full of propane. How it was like blowing and everything.
3: And they turn the they, they turn, turn all turn the, the, ovens the ovens on. on and too. then we cut
2: to Margot sitting on the boat, and you can see in the reflection of her eyes the explosion of. The Hawthorne and Margot eats a cheeseburger, watching it burn, wipes the mouth off with the actual physical copy of the menu, Menu. and we get credits. Yep, That's the end of the film.
0: And and the description of s'more is marshmallow chocolate, graham cracker, (laughs) (laughs) customers, staff, restaurant.
3: (laughs) Just those
0: little details. I love those little details.
3: And I and I love the other part where he's getting ready to die, and he's like, "I love you all." And then he, the, the everybody in the sh- in the in the area for the cooking area is like, "We love you, chef." And then that's when yeah. every it's, all hell breaks loose. It's such a like
2: heart. Damn it, it's such a heartfelt way because he's not like, "I love you all." It's very like like uh, uh, a commander to his army. It's like, mm-hmm. "I love you all." And they're like, "I love you, yeah. chef." And then he drops the fucking thing, and everything burns and. <laughs>
3: And you get to see like the melting of the chocolate on yeah. people's heads. And like, I love the, like the visuals of this, like, it's not grotesque in any way. It's actually very artful. And I like how they, the whole movie is just very artful, but I really liked yeah, that.
2: So that. that's uh, as far as I'm aware, that's the menu. Yeah. From yeah. 2002. So uh, at this point we will give our own little, uh, our own little uh, score ratings for this movie. Um, uh, does anybody wanna go first?
0: I will. Okay. So I love so many parts of this movie. I really like that it, when I when I originally watched the trailer for it, I thought it was going to be kind of the usual um, like chef serves people people oh, yeah. concept. I thought Cannibal. I, I thought that too. So, yeah. right. So yep. I really liked that it took a weird spin and I disagree with the the one out of ten reviews saying that it was a common a common storyline because I've never seen anything like this. And like I said at the beginning, I really enjoy like food culture and following chefs and blah blah blah. So that's the setup of this movie is something that I'm kind of familiar with as far as like the kitchen and blah, 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 all of that. So I really liked just the setting in general of this. I really liked the satire in it, which was something that I had to go back and make sure that it was supposed to be that way, which once I figured that part out the second time watching this, I loved it even more than the first because you notice a lot more subtle nuances, like a lot of knowing looks and maybe phrases that lead into foreshadowing that you don't notice the first time around. I loved that. Um, All said, I could talk about like we just talked about it at length so i'm not gonna go back into it but i give it an eight i plan on re-watching it i'm going i tell people about it often like i told you guys um Yeah, the character, the casting in it is really good. The character development is just enough. Everything ties together nicely. It leaves me only with that one question that we talked about of how much did he know or how much did it play out the way it was supposed to because she was there. Um, All in all, it's a beautifully made movie on so many different levels. Solid eight out of 10.
3: I agree. Yep, that's good. Um, So I'm going to kind of go at this a little bit differently because I have some other ratings from other family members that I asked them. So I'm going to go with mine first. Uh, I wasn't sure if I was going to like this movie the second time around as much as I liked it the first because that seems to be a going trend sometimes when you already know what's going to happen. I did not feel that way after I watched this movie. I will watch this movie again, hands down. I really, really like this movie. It's Like I've said already in this, it's very artful. Uh, It's very... I'm very big on writing and story-driven and uh, the way the plots are put together and if they makes sense. This makes sense it ties everything up beautifully it is very well written it's actually brilliantly written in my opinion and in it's not in an over complex way if you look at it uh, at the at the base but it is the way they execute it is what makes it brilliant and um i do wish we would have known kind of a couple little bits and pieces like tasha was saying especially like what did he say to um tyler that then force Tyler to go hang himself and things like that that I we think, will never know I think he specifically
2: um, just said I don't like you
3: <laughs> probably yeah, I don't like but... you go <laughs> hang
2: yourself
3: yeah probably but like those are the parts that I, I want to know because I want to kind of see that uh, for character building and um, but overall I love this movie um, and I loved it more this time than I even liked it the first time and then um And then watching it, obviously, with other people and seeing their reactions to this movie also kind of bumps it up a little bit because they're also getting um, something out of it as well. So my initial rating, I think, going into this was like, "Mm," like yesterday, I think I said I was going to be like an eight or something like that. Um, But I give this the eight and a half. I think that this is uh, definitely a movie people should watch. I I really liked it. And I would recommend it. I've already recommended it to some of my readers. So um, I would definitely do that. And... um, I talked to our kids about this other than Kylie, cause she's kind of left out. So uh, Maya, the one that walked with, watched it with us last night, she rated it last night, a 9.75. She loves this movie. But when I talked to her about it today, she said, after she watched it a second time, she said, I would rate this a nine to a 9.25. And I said, why did you change that? She said, because, because she's 15. She's like, um, I, I, we stopped the movie a lot last night when we were watching it to talk about things, to make notes and kind of go back. And she was like, um, if I didn't have that where we could talk and have the dialogue about things, she's like, I wouldn't have caught on to as much. So I, she appreciated it more because of that. Um, and then we talked to uh, my her boyfriend and our daughter, Noel, who had already seen it, and they gave a seven and a seven and a half. And then our uh, son, Wes, who's very young. So he, most of this is very over his head um, because he is so, he's 10. He's very young. Um, he gave this a nine and a half. He thought it was amazing. So, um, and, and him and I kind of talked about it a little bit cause he didn't understand certain parts. And so we kind of had to have a little bit of discussion and then what he thought it was, what it meant, and then what I thought it meant. So you could get his perspective. So we talked about that earlier today, but yeah, my, my ratings at eight and a half. And I think that, um, all the other people who've watched this that we know have kind of, yeah. you know, they, they agree. They, they yeah, really like, like this movie. Uh,
2: I'll make mine short and sweet. Um, I like this movie um i enjoyed watching it the second time to see like more little things here and there like oh i didn't notice this look or i didn't notice that or things of that nature researching this was a lot of fun um because of the researching and rewatching it critically and stuff, I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm not gonna rewatch this anytime soon, personally. Just because I maybe in a year or something I could throw it on or watch it. Like maybe throw this on during Thanksgiving uh, at mom and dad's house and love it. You know, see see what they think of it and stuff. I would watch it in that circumstance for my own personal reason though so to watch it uh it's gonna be a little bit just because i've seen it twice in the last year and then doing all the research and stuff in a way kind of like uh chef julian says it loses its magic when you know everything about it for this movie it kind of does that for me in a little bit uh by no means does that affect the scoring of it i'm not docking at points because of that or anything but my re-watching of it is definitely muted a little bit because of that Uh, All that being said, I came into this expecting like uh, rating it off of what I remembered. I was like, I think it's probably like a seven. It's like it could drop like it could if it really sucks upon subsequent viewing, it could drop down to a six. So I was like, it it could lose a point. And at the most, I think it could gain a half point. So it could get up to seven point five. And then I after doing all the research and stuff like that. I was fighting with, is it a 7.5? Is it an eight? Um, so I'm actually going to split the difference of that. And I'm going to give it a 7.75. Um, I I don't know if I will, like, not that I, like, I'm never going to rewatch this. I don't know if I will. It's not, uh, I don't love it as much as you guys do, it seems a little bit, but...
3: It's not splattery and goofy enough for you? Well,
2: no, I I mean, yeah, for, for that reason, like it's not, there's nothing, the narrative is there. The story is pretty tied up and everything. Um, after watching it a few times and stuff, like you kind of get it. But, uh, like I said, 7.75 is what I'm giving it. So Tasha, what's that give us for our graded score? It gives us an 81. 81. Dang. All right. So this movie makes it into our top three. This just beats out Evil Dead by one point. Okay. Um, so this is second to Scream mm. by the the trio of terror.
3: Yeah. Okay. So here's another thing. Who was your guys' favorite character in the movie?
2: My favorite character is uh, Chef Julian.
3: Okay. I bounce
0: between Chef and Margot. So.
2: Yeah. Those are the only two characters that matter yeah. realistically in my book in this movie. Yeah. Everybody else is cannon fodder in a way. And, and just side stuff to what the important part mm-hmm. of it is.
3: Yeah. But some people could like Tyler because he's a terrible asshole and they like All terrible assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
2: if I, somebody says Tyler's their favorite character, I'm going to show them the episode.
3: <laughs> yeah i i think I think the chef shines a little brighter in this. I think he's also a more tragic character, so I think that kind of hits you a little bit more in the chest than her character does. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I yeah, that's what I would say too.
2: Honorable mention to John Leguizamo yeah. playing Steven Seagal.
3: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that's that's definitely a. <laughs> That's a, that's a weird, um, I don't even, it's kind of fucked up, but it's funny. Yeah.
2: I like that pettiness. It's great. It kind
3: of is. Yeah. Like Steven Seagal can't act and I'm going to act like Steven Seagal. <laughs>
2: so. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So that brings us to uh movie club. So uh movie club for next week, we will be watching a movie that as far as I'm aware, none of us have watched. Uh-oh. It's been it's been on my list since I had heard about it. I'm, s- I I'm scared. Talk- I have talked to Steph about it and Steph had had interest in watching this movie. Uh-oh. Um, this movie also seems like it would be up Tasha's mm-hmm. alley. So this is why this movie is getting brought to the forefront. Oh. I feel that.
3: Is it a Mike Flanagan this- film?
2: No, oh, okay. it is not. <laughs> this film goes by the title The Night House.
3: Oh, yeah. That sounds cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So we will be watching The Night House okay. for our next episode. All okay. right. Um, for Pot of the Dead, I am Nicholas.
3: I'm Stephanie, and I am Tasha.
2: Come back and listen to us, or else.